Speedway proudly presents Rapid on Racing, the Tri-State's number one motorsports talk show. Today's program is brought to you in part by our marketing partners. Recognized by the Eastern Motorsports Press Association as one of the top racing shows in the Eastern United States, here's Rapid on Racing. Jose, can you see? Was so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming, whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming. fans joining us now is co-host dave oliveri dave how are you i'm doing well don is we kind of reflect back this past week and i told you i was going to be heading up to you know learnerville speedway for the commonwealth clash but as the the sunset sets and summer ends you know so does the racing season it's it's kind of sad you know walking through the the pits last night, and a lot of you know the general consensus is we don't have too many more of these, and it's just you know I encourage all our race fans while we have these specials at most tracks, you know please support your you know your local track and grassroots racing because like you said in a few more weeks this is all going to be you know in the twenty twenty two season is going to be gone, Don. Yeah, there's not too many shows left, and we need to appreciate them, but uh, that's a fact. That happens every year, and people, some people need a break. They're burned out, but then uh, you wait a couple of weeks or a month, and then they're all itching to, to get going again. Now, we still have the World Finals in November, which will be a, a nice deal. You and uh, my son Darren will be down here, and... We'll make a three-day deal out of it, or four days. I don't know how many days it is, but we'll get to see a lot of race cars. It is, and it's just, like I said, it's, from a racer's standpoint, and I don't know if the listeners can understand, like, the first part of the year, we're so excited and because we, we haven't had this for such a long period of time. Then by mid-July, we're like, okay, this is getting a little bit long. <laughs> then you get into September, October, you're like, oh, I mean, I can't wait for it to end. But one good thing with social media now, it, it keeps us abreast of things. And with, you know, like flow racing, there's going to be racing all throughout the year. And for the, you know, for us back here in 
where it's going to get a little bit chillier, we're going to be able to, you know, hopefully just flick, just flick on our television or our, whatever, our, our laptop or our phone and be able to watch some racing, Don. This is funny. Last night, I had the cup race on the TV. I had Jennerstown on my computer, and I had Lernerville on my laptop. So I felt like I was in a space station somewhere trying to keep track of everybody and what they were doing. So I got more than my fair share of good racing last night. Yeah, it's just it's funny. I would think from that comment, I said, I think you're addicted to racing. I think you might be right. Well, let's talk about tonight's show. Uh, Jennerstown Speedway General Manager Bill Rebar is going to be on. You know, he's a really busy guy. And it's incredible what he accomplishes. But when I talked to him today about taping his report, he said, can we do it later today? I'm working with the scouts. I mean, this guy's the real deal. He's an amazing man. It is. And, you know, next week, myself and my girlfriend, Char, are going to be heading up to the mountain. It's going to be championship night at the Speedway, and, and I'm, it's always an event that, you know, when you were back here in PA, we always went up to, and it gives us a chance to see some champions that are past champions and some first-time champions. So hopefully, as the night goes on, I'm going to be able to have a chance to talk to all the division champions next week, Don. One of our guests is first-time Asphalt Pro Stock feature winner, Owen Hope. He's 17 years old, a really nice kid, and boy, can he wheel a race car. So we'll get some of his thoughts. Yeah, speaking of drivers that we've not talked to, well, I had a chance a couple weeks ago when I was down at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway to talk to a two-time champion that's been out of it for a while. We're going to have a chance to talk to Brandon Burgoon. I always used to tease him and his dad because their garage is close enough that they could drive the car down their driveway, across the road, and up to the track. Uh, that's how close they live. And it's nice that he's back because to be that good of a driver and that close to the speedway and not be running regular just wasn't right. Well, he's in the Chernick 5X, and you know, the rust is wearing off, appears to be wearing, and it hasn't, it, if it's worn off, it's showing. He's got two second place finishes the last two weeks. So, Maybe we might just see Brandon in victory lane, but we also have the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania Motor Re Speedway report with Tyler Harris. And, you know, Don, as the season winds down, this young kid, first year, you know, my hat's off to Tyler on what he's been able to accomplish at the Speedway. He's amazing. And when he's not there, they'll call him in to help out up at Lernerville. He's just got that natural touch. Whether it's an interview or a question or whatever he's doing, he's got it together. A couple of weeks ago, I had a chance to sit down with Chris Schneider. And last week, we heard the history of Chris Schneider from the driver's standpoint. And while I was at the, the garage, I said, you know, Chris, we're going to throw a little twist for our listeners. And I really don't know the history of SS Chassis, nor do I even know what SS Chassis stands for. And it's a nice, probably almost 20-minute interview. And it just tells, you know, how Chris began or where he's at now, Don. Don't tell anybody what SS means. We don't want to let the cat out of the bag. They're going to have to hear this interview, which is amazing. Uh, we also have a victory lane interview with Jennerstein Speedway eight 
two-time late model champion, Barry Audie. And then you got some real nice interviews Friday at Lernerville. Yeah, we did. Um, just We chose there. It was at the Clash, and we have a nice interview with Friday night's winner at Dog Hollow Speedway, Cy Lynch, and then Saturday's winner of the Commonwealth Crash, Aaron Reitzel. And, and they also had on the card that night, Don, the 602 Rush Modifieds and young 16-year-old Aiden Cipriano. So some nice interviews with three guys. But the thing that I thought interesting and, and throughout the evening and in talking to Aaron after the races was, you know, most of these motors are Chevys. He's driving. It's an experimental Toyota motor. So... You talk about Toyota's involvement in motorsports. Now they're trying to get involved in sprint car racing. Excellent story that you have with him. Uh, we also have some Jennerstown Victory Lane interviews with Caleb Bassis, Tom Golick, Jeff Giles, and Steve Singo. And then Anthony Montapart won at Le Trobe, and Howie Bayless has a nice interview with him. And then you were talking about... Uh, some of these other tracks, I thought it was very nice to see that 80-year-old Larry Walters won at Hidden Valley in a nostalgia race. Yeah, just you know, I saw that post up on social media from, you know, grandson Colton, and I've known, you know, Larry for a long time, you know, as well as you. They were a competitor. He was a competitor and a champion in the Pittsburgh Circle Track Club Senior Series, and he could always wheel a car, and I know it was, he was disappointed a couple of years ago when we inducted him into the Pittsburgh Track uh, Hall of Fame. He came down with a, he was sick and wasn't able to attend it. I mean, and literally, I mean, it was a hard phone call for me because he called me the day of the, you know, the banquet, and he's crying, and I'm like, what's wrong? And, you know, I, as much as I want to be there, I can't. And, and grandson Colton, stepped in and, and son Jeff were there at the banquet and so to see his grandfather and in Jeff Case's dad be back in the 04 in the suit that he wore looked pretty good you know after not being in a car for 14 years Larry sure didn't miss a beat on well it's a family of three generations of drivers okay Colton's running a modified, gets better every week. Jeff did some modifieds and some full-body stuff. And Larry, most of his career was in a late model. He did, early on, he did some coupe stuff back in the 50s. But of all three drivers, and I don't want to hurt any feelings, uh, I think Larry's the best of the three. I would have to agree. Like I said, even with the senior series, he he will. Then after that, he jumped into an E-mod and was competitive and had many victories in that. And I think on that goes back. I mean, he had to be in his mid, you know, mid to late sixties when he was doing that. So a tip of the hat to Larry Walters. You know, eighty years old. I think a big job for me would be climbing through the window of the car, and he got in there in his original suit and pulled off a victory. Yeah, some eighty years old don't know how to answer the phone anymore. But again, like I said. <laughs> <laughs> when you hear things like this, and it you know, brings you know, when you hear people that are you know up there in age racing, you know, you think of Red Farmer, and I think Red's like eighty nine years old, and, and he's still willing a, a super late model, so it it can, it can be done. It's hard to take the racing out of the boy. 
Well, we're coming up on a break. Uh, you had a bunch of nice stuff for this uh, today's show. Uh, you mentioned the uh, Schneider thing, which is nice. And Burgoon, you covered Burgoon. And then the interviews from Lernerville. Uh, Howie Bayless has one with Anthony Montepart. It's going to be a good, well, all the shows are good, but it's going to be another good show for Wrapping on Racing. Have we covered everything? I think we have, and you know, I encourage the listeners, you know, please, you know, tune in on Monday at 6 p.m. I know we're going to have our regular shows through the month of October, and then November come when we we all will be down at the World Finals. Then we're going to just have our shows for the winter months, one time a month. So, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing you in November. We still got a few more weeks of racing. We got the Pittsburgh coming up. I'll be at Jennerstown next weekend. So. You know, I'm in touch with you, and like I said, um, I'm just looking forward to uh, our visit together. And, you know, disappointingly, I hate to see the seasons end, but like I said, everything has to come to an end at a certain point in time. Excellent report. Good job this past weekend. Thank you. All right, Don. Have a good week. This is the Banker Bob Thought for Monday, September 19th. In most endeavors... Success can be defined in many ways, but failure in only one, quitting. Hey, this is Joey Logano, and you're listening to Rapid On Racing. Fans, like most Saturday nights, Jennerstown had a dynamite show, and we're going to talk to the man up there who's in charge, Bill Rebar. How you doing? Doing well, Don. Uh, recovering from a long weekend, fighting a little bit of a sinus infection, so I apologize for my voice, but it's uh, tis the season for sinus infections when it goes from 85 degrees to 53 degrees in the same day. That's what we have up here on the mountain. <laughs> uh, let's talk points, because that seems to be what everybody's interested in. Yeah, Don, you know, we got six great divisions racing this year, week after week at Jennerstown, and when it comes down to the last week of the season, sometimes you think multiple championships would already be decided. But at this point in time, the only championship race that is locked up would be Barry Audi in the Martellus Pharmacy late models winning his consecutive championship in that division. And he's also, I believe this is his ninth championship in the late model division. So congratulations to Barry and his team. He has officially clinched his 2022 track champion. I was just looking, actually, in the national standings. Those are ending this weekend as well. Barry is currently 7th in the Northeast region, and I believe he's 25th in the country. Now, looking at these national standings, Don, some of these tracks are done. They are not. They finished last weekend. So it'll be interesting to see, what, usually Tuesday, when these regional and national points get publicized, uh, where Barry actually ranks in the country. Well, think about this, too. A lot of these guys run two nights a week. And I know back in the day when Pellis and and uh, Galt and, and your buddy, uh, Cragen, when they were running two nights a week, they were winning the title every year. Yeah, that's correct. When you have multiple tracks to share, such as what you're referring to as the Jennerstown, the Motordrome, Clearfield Bay, you could share points amongst tracks. And many teams down south do that. And many tracks run double features every night. So they're actually earning two races every night. So uh, it's an interesting system. We're very fortunate. Mother Nature cooperated. These late model teams have been able to compete in 20 events this year, which has really helped them in those standings. Uh, it'll be interesting to see 
there's a lot of rumors that Grandview Speedway out east, which is a dirt track, which is also NASCAR tank sanctioned, has been sold. Uh, they publicly made that announcement. It's most likely going to be closing its doors at the completion of the season. So Jennerstown Speedway may very well be the only NASCAR weekly sanctioned track in Pennsylvania next year. Well, let me uh, fill in the blanks with Grandview. Okay. Uh, Bruce Rogers was a promoter there for years, and he died like two years ago. But prior to that, he had talked to his wife, and he said, when I'm gone, if you want to sell the track, you go right ahead. And she kind of had it in her mind that she would need $2 million. Well, this company came in and offered her $4 million. They're going to close it down, and it's going to be a junkyard. Now, not just your yeah, that's, not just your typical junkyard, but high-end automotive recycling products, four million dollars. So that's gone. Yeah, pretty hard to turn an offer down like oh. that for anybody. Yeah. Um, you hate to see any track, dirt, asphalt, whatever, getting closed, but it's pretty hard to turn that down. Well, I was with the the people that own Columbus Motor Speedway, this was years ago, and I said, why are you selling that? And they said, there were so many zeros on that check, they had to add a, an extension to get them all on there. Uh, it yeah. was just, and, and as a person in that situation, you can't blame them. Not at all, Don. Uh, everybody wants to keep racing alive, but, you know, they always say money talks, right? Right, right. You know, in some of your point races, and I didn't mean to interrupt you, some of them are close enough that one night, one bad night, could change everything. Because uh, Golick, I thought, boy, if he didn't get out for the feature, he's he's in trouble. Well, there are several divisions we'll talk about here. And those Toy Towns Auto Record Modified, Tom Golick still keeps that championship gap by only 12 points. Uh, Tom had some mechanical failures. He had a carburetor issue in his heat race. He was not able to took the green. The car shut off. They pushed him in. They thought it going again, and it shut off again. So he was not able to compete in the heat race, which let Jason Bush earn some valuable championship points. But Tom was not to be denied. He would start the um, Soystown Auto Records modified feature, basically dead last, and he would charge the front and win for his third race of the season and Stoney's victory lane. So he now has a 12-point lead over Jason Bush going into final night. But, Don, if he's just seen this week, anything can happen. Well, carburetor, uh, gremlin, you know, well, distributor. He, he thought it was the carburetor, and they found out it was the wire for the rev limiter. I mean, they were changing. They were trying everything. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, Don, a lot of things people don't realize is when you run 18, 19, 20 events for the season, that's a lot of wear and tear. Yeah, these guys maintain their vehicles each and every week, but things that are you know typically only run 13 nights of the season and then get tore down for the winter have actually ran almost half another season. Right, right. In the one-stop auto sales pro stock division, Jeff Giles came into the night with just a simple one-point lead over Adam Kastelny. Uh Giles was involved in an incident last weekend and pretty much erased his lead altogether, lost tons of championship points, and Adam Kastelnik finished second. Uh, going in last week, and now this week, Giles is able to capitalize visiting Stoney's victory lane again. So he now has a 10-point lead going into championship night. So you got Golick as your point leader who had trouble this week. He still comes out the points leader, and he wins in victory lane. Last week, Giles had trouble, and he comes back and wins. So it's all about redemption. 
Uh, which brings us to the Ron's Collision Center street stocks. Three weeks ago, if we were having this conversation, Greg the Boogeyman Burbage had a commanding lead over Soudersville driver Dell Kimberly. Thought that, you know, Burbage would just have to start and park the last couple weeks of the year. But mechanical problems, getting involved in accidents that are none of his doing, Burbage's points championship gap has been decreased to just 27 points. Now, 27 points sounds like a lot of points, Don, but if a driver has problems in hot laps and they can't start the heater feature, someone else can make up a maximum of 50 points. So that, that division's points is still up for grabs. And talking about trouble on Saturday night, Jonathan Habersack, who just seemed to be cruising to not only a championship at the Jennerstown Speedway, but he's in the top five in the national point standings as well, he had trouble. His car just would not run in the heat race, similar to the Golic Mobile. He actually had to jump into a borrowed ride Saturday night, and that allowed Caleb Vasquez to visit Sony's victory lane, and that gap has been narrowed to just 37 points, which is also in reach. And then the final feature of the night was a very emotional one where points leader Steve Singo would visit victory lane. He has a 28-point lead over Nate Valente and a 36-point over Ken Burkholder. Yes, anything can happen. But uh, as you mentioned, Steve was very emotional in victory lane, and he can almost feel that championship. He's waited, I believe, what was it, 24 years ago. Yes, that's correct. I changed something in the first part of the show because I want to get people pumped up for these point races. So I have victory lane interviews, and, and your, uh, your announcer does an outstanding job. Uh, Barry Audie, Tom Golick. Jeff Jowell, Steve Singo, and Caleb Vasso. So that'll play after your uh, report. And it just get people's juices flowing here. And then also want to mention you had a friend here from NASCAR, uh, Jacqueline Drake. Was that a scheduled visit or did she just stop in? Yeah, that was scheduled, Dawn. So Jacqueline uh, formerly worked with the Car Store. So she visited Jennerstown before and helping to promote the Car Store events that attended Jennerstown. And she just got hired with NASCAR in the fall of last year, the, the spring of this year. And she works for NASCAR, but on the Flow broadcasting side. So Flow signed a multi-year deal with NASCAR to average, I'm sorry, to stream all the local series races. And Jennerstown joining NASCAR is now part of that. Well, long story short, and it was told many times last night, Jacqueline is actually responsible for Jennerstown Speedway becoming NASCAR sanctioned. Uh, my wife and I had a long weekend. I took my last personal day in February, and we visited New Smyrna for Speed Week. And one of the first people we ran into at the track was Jacqueline, and I congratulated her. And she said to me, why don't you look into being NASCAR sanctioned? And I got the ball rolling. That was Friday. By Saturday, I'm sitting at the table with NASCAR executives and flying home on Sunday. <laughs> We sat down and talked with the ownership group, and here we are. That's excellent. I just have one thought. If she comes back and you end up with a driver from Punxsutawney, you might want to let Nate handle that one. Yeah, she, she, uh, she was a little tongue-tied with all these uh, <laughs> Pennsylvania towns, and she admitted that. She goes, what is going on up here? And I said, well, you should be happy Mike Sweeney wasn't there from Nesquahoning. He should have never got that one. <laughs> oh. How about uh, Jeff Miller? I think I need to get in touch with him pretty soon. Yeah, we're getting really excited, Don. we got championship night coming up this week, but we're not done racing after that. we got the CRA Fall Brawl, 
There has been a great response from drivers from all over the country. A lot of these tracks are done with their points chases. Guys want to keep on racing. Jeff Miller, who's become a friend of mine just through the racing community from Columbus, Ohio, former competitor in the ASA days. He's had multiple drivers drive with him, good friends with Mike, the Polar Bear Eddie. Um, huge history in racing, and he's been very active in CRA over the years, and they were looking for a venue, and Jeff was kind of very instrumental in connecting the dots and make this happen, and he's kind of been my co-promoter through all this. He's got some sponsorship dollars for us to really help with that, and just excited. And we're going to get Jeff on the show here next week to talk about his history in racing and what's uh, racing in Jennerstown itself. It's, it's actually how Jeff and I started meeting. He made a comment on a, a post on Jennerstown, one of his all-time favorite tracks, and reached out to him. We start talking, and now there's a day goes by we don't either talk or test. I uh, saw something on the broadcast that really touched me last night. Now, it's obvious Dale Kimberly is by all means the worst interview in racing, but he's got a, a heart as big as Jennerstown Speedway, and he's donating $2,000 to the gentleman that was hurt. That is amazing. Yeah, and since you brought it up, Dom, and I feel terrible, I forgot to mention this at the beginning of the show, uh, Matt Grimmie, the individual that was hurt on the night of the Musty Racing Sprint Cars, is home from rehab. Uh, he still is getting PT and therapy, but he let me know last night his goal was to come visit us this Saturday for a few hours at the Speedway. So just a few short weeks ago, not everybody was sure how that was going to turn out. And here we are talking about him returning to the Speedway. And as you mentioned, every year Dale donates a pro, uh, portion of his winnings and proceeds back to a worthy cause, and there wasn't more one worthy this year than Matt Grimmie and helping with his recovery fund. And, and I want to thank John Morocco and Morocco Welding. They installed a handicap ramp for him to get in and out. And the owners, the drivers, and everybody has just been really supportive through all this, and uh, that's what makes the racing community what it is, Tom. Well, the season might be winding down, but there's some big stuff coming up here, and we want to make sure the fans are on the right page. Uh, any closing thoughts, anything that we need to add? No, Don. You know, it's, it's funny. Throughout the years, we, we do a lot of these interviews, but there's weeks where, what are we going to talk about? It rained out. Well, we're never short for words in these interviews this summer. So Mother Nature's been a fan. I need her to keep her fingers crossed for me two more weeks, and uh, let's finish strong. Well, something to keep in mind. One current teacher, one retired teacher who made their living by talking. So we got that pretty well covered. Yeah, there's one thing I've never been accused of is shortness of words. <laughs> well, I want to thank you for being with us, and you have a nice evening. Thanks, Don. This portion of today's program is brought to you in part by Curtis Power Solutions. Located in beautiful Somerset County in western Pennsylvania's picturesque Laurel Highlands, the Jennerstown Speedway Complex hosts exciting Saturday night racing from May to September. Come see daring drivers competed late models, modifieds, pro stocks, street stocks, chargers, and the fast and furious fours. Special events include the Motor Mountain Masters, NASCAR Whaled Modifieds, ISMA sanctioned Super Modifieds, the Super Cup Stock Car Series, and Enduro races. The Jennerstown Speedway Complex takes great pride in providing fun, affordable family entertainment. 
The 6 p.m. start time allows the younger fans the opportunity to enjoy the entire show, including at the completion of each weekly event. Everyone in attendance is invited into the pits to meet the drivers and see the cars up close. Spend your Saturday nights in Somerset County at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex. Every day when they open the doors at Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, their goal is to provide great customer service by offering affordable automotive and truck repair service performed by highly trained technicians at the highest industry standard. By implementing the latest diagnostic equipment and computerized repair manuals, you can rest assured that your vehicle will be repaired to factory specifications for your specific car or truck. At Zarin Truck and Automotive, they believe in honest repairs and will demonstrate that fully by explaining the repair or service you are receiving and they'll give you an estimate or quote before work is performed. When you choose Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, you are choosing professional automotive repair and maintenance performed by expert automotive technicians. That's Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights. I want to tell you a little bit about area auto racing news. Nice uh, newspaper. It covers a lot of good stuff. Some of the writers, Dave Moody, Ernie Saxton, Walt Weimer, Chuck Bollinger, Dave Dragovich, just to name a few. As a matter of fact, Bollinger, Dragovich, and uh, Weimer have been part of Rappin' on Racing for many, many years. You can get 50 issues for $56. But what I like best is a digital subscription, which is $45. Really neat uh, paper. If you need more information, you can give them a call at 609-888-3618. That number again for Area Auto Racing News, 609-888-3618. 3618. You won't be disappointed. A lap here in our Martellas Pharmacies late models. Barry Audi looking for win number 10. Audi will clinch the 2022 track championship. Barry Audi in the 75, now an eight time late model champion here at Jennerstown Speedway with his 10th win of the season. Will Trout finishes second, Brian Ship third, Owen Halp fourth, a top five for the 72 of Mike Hemminger. When we come back, Jacqueline. A 10th win for Barry Audi. He has climbed out of that race car. Fans, he can hear you. He has clinched the 2022 track championship. Number eight for Audi, Jacqueline Drakes down in Stoney's Beer Victory Lane with our winner and champion. Barry Audi is going to see congratulations from his team. We'll make our way around so you can accept the checkered flag. But Barry, I just have to ask, you had your 10th win this season you just clinched your eighth track championship here, so you are officially the 2022 late model champion. How significant is it for you to look back at all your past championships and realize you now have eight underneath your belt? Uh, that's tomorrow we're going to go for next year now. All right, going for nine championships next year. You've already made up your mind. You have a great team behind you. You always attribute your success to your team. How hard does your team work behind the scenes to make sure that you have all of these victories? Real hard. That's why we're out here. I thank all my sponsors, all my fans, all my fans on the back stretch. I got help for not thank them, all them back there. Thank my mom, Peggy Barnhart. Uh, thank all of all the fans. Thanks everybody. It's been a great season. 
Well, fans, put your hands together for Barry Audi. Thank you, Jacqueline. Barry Audi, clinching the track championship, has a 91-point lead over Brian Ship going into championship night next week. I promised uh, an update in the point standings in the Pro Stock Division, by the way. The gap now, Jeff Giles with a 10-point lead over the 22 of Adam Kostelnik going into next week's races. Around and continue to hold the lead in this modified feature event. Over a one-second lead for the 98 of Tom Golick. White flag will be in the air. Final lap for your defending point champion, trying to hang on for a second consecutive championship. Looking for some cushion between he and Jason Bush in the point standings going into championship night next week. Final time through three and four. Checkered flag will wave. Tom Golick picks up another feature win. Your points leader wins his third feature of the season. Adam Henry finishes in second, a third place finish for the 42 of racing Jason Bush. Coming home fourth, the 55 of John Fama. And in fifth, the nuclear banana, Joey School in the three car. We'll step aside here on flowracing.com. When we come back, Jacqueline Drake will be in Stoney's Beer Victory Lane with your winner, Tom Golick from Tom Golick getting ready to climb out of his race car. Make some noise for your winner. Golick can hear you now in Stoney's Beer Victory Lane. Jacqueline Drake will be down there for our interview. Jacqueline, I know uh, Tom, Tom's got to be excited to win his third race of the season. Oh, Tom Golick, he's going to exit out of his car and Congratulations to you. You came out of the car and you were shaking your head. What's going through your mind? Uh, it's been a rough night. Uh, we started out here, we were good in hot laps, and then all of a sudden the car started missing. We changed carburetors, we changed distributors, we went out for the national anthem there, and we kind of got on a little bit going around here. The car felt good. Went in a heat race, and the car just stumbled. Um, we found out it was electrical wire coming from the rev limiter up to the uh, distributor. We changed that like five minutes before we got out for the feature. We had to start last. I told Adam Henry, I said, if you hear me bumping on your rear bumper, that means I came from last up to you. And I said, we're going to go around you. So we did. So these guys worked their asses off tonight, really. That uh, long red flag resulted in a Good token for you, able to take that lead after the restart. What was your game plan going into those final few laps? Well, I was trying to get around Adam going into one and two, but he got a better run on me right there, so I just tried to get around him, uh, follow him for a little bit, and then he started whooshing up a little bit, and I was able to get underneath him. So it was a good night. Well, fans, put your hands together for your feature winner tonight, Tom Golick, going for back-to-back -back championships here at Jennerstown Speedway. Golick's points lead now is 12 points over the 42 of racing Jason Bush. Thank you, Jacqueline Drake, for that interview. Last time through three and four, Jeff Giles will take this checkered flag. Giles picks up another win. Kessler and Hemminger get together, coming to the line. Hemminger spins, he saves it. Brink, Dunmeyer split him and get around, but Hemminger comes across the line. He and Kessler touch, and Will Hemminger is parked here at the entrance of turn number one. Back here at Jennerstown Speedway, Jeff Giles climbs out of his race car, makes some noise for him. He'll get uh, a checkered flag here handed from our flagman. Hugs from his family. We'll send it down to Stoney's Beer Victory Lane. Jacqueline Drake's with our winner. Jeff Giles going to accept the checkered flag here. 
And of course, the American Racer Feature Winners sticker. Congratulations, Jeff, your third win of the season. What was going through your mind in those final laps? Um, the, the whole race just felt good. Last week, I got in an incident on the second lap and had to put a new rear clip on the car. And uh, it's nice to be able to bounce back. We did a little testing this week and found some speed that we've been missing for the last month or so. So it's great to get back here. Well, with this win this evening, you're able to build a little bit of cushion going into championship night next weekend. What's going to be the plan and able to cinch this championship? Uh, I think the plan is just going to be to stay clean. Just stay out of trouble, run your normal race, you know, get a half-decent finish. But mainly, I can't tear it up or I'll be in the same situation as last week. Well, congratulations to you and your team. Fans, put your hands together for Jeff Giles. Way back through traffic, got around the two of Ament. Now he's side-by-side -side with a 19 of Nemec. Singo increasing that gap in front of the 20 of Scott Mitchell. White flag will wave as Singo slides through turn four. Final lap. Mitchell going to do all he can in this final lap. Right behind him to see as they head into the final corner here, turns three and four. Steve Singo. Already with five wins, looking for number six. Checkered flag will wave. Your points leader picks up his sixth win of 2022. Nate Valente on the final lap gets past the 76 of Mozzie. The 52 will take the third spot. Scott Mitchell finishes second, Mozzie fourth. And in fifth, the 26 of Burkholder. Back here from Jennerstown Speedway, Steve Singo getting ready to climb out of his race car. His sixth win of the season, well on his way to a track championship. See if he can clinch it next week here on championship night. Uh, after everything that family's been through, he had COVID last year, had to wreck at the end of the season, get some water in there inside of that car, and he climbs out. He can hear you make some noise for your winner, Steve Singo, our final winner of the night. Let's send it down to Jacqueline Drake in Stoney's Beer Victory Lane with our winner. Steve Singo is going to receive some congratulations. We'll make our way around the car, and you're going to get your feature winner sticker, your sixth one. Yeah. of the season you exited out of the car clearly excited to get your sixth win yeah. how did that final restart all unwind for you I, it got a little bit wild going three wide yeah um the, all these guys are tough the competition in this class is is tough so nothing's a gimme but i just i figured we was gonna win it or wreck it one of the two <laughs> Well, win it, you did. You're still the points leader in this division. Next week, it's all going to be decided. You could be the champion. And I, I see a little smirk on your face. What would that mean to you? 24 years. Never happened. 24 years. So, yeah, if we can do it, it'd be, I've wanted this for 24 years here. So, yeah, that's what we're hoping for. One more week. One more week. One more week indeed. Congratulations, fans. Put your hands together for Steve Singo. Thank you so much, Jacqueline. Thank you for all your help tonight here on Flow Racing from Jennerstown Speedway. Jacqueline Drake from NASCAR.
making the trip up from Charlotte to be on the broadcast here this evening. Thank you so much to her, and good luck to you in your career with NASCAR. That'll do it for us tonight from Jennerstown Speedway. Championship night is next week, but that's not our final week of racing. We'll have the CRA Fall Brawl for you uh, as our grand finale for the year on Saturday, October the 1st. Nate Rigotti signing off from Jennerstown Speedway. Thanks for joining us on Flow Racing. Still riding in second in the point standings. White flag will weigh final lap for the 57. Six wins will be the most in this division. Looking for his 12th top five of the year. Caleb Vassis through three and four for the final time. Putting almost half the field a lap down. Caleb Vassis takes the checkered flag. A second place finish for the six of Travis Schaefer. Donald Hillegas. We'll come across in third. In fourth is Skylar Berkey and a top five finish for the 75 of Alan Oler. That's your top five on the scoreboard presented by Saferno Well Service and TriStar Motors of Somerset. We're going to step aside here on Flow Racing. When we come back, Jacqueline Drake will be in Stoney's Beer Victory Lane with our winner, the sixth time, Caleb Vassis climbs out of his race car. Picking up his sixth win. Let's send it down to Stoney's Beer Victory Lane. Jacqueline Drake's with our winner. Congratulations, Caleb. Your sixth win of the season, but you got out of the car and smiled like it was your first one. What do you contribute to such a successful 2022? I contributed to my cousin who passed away over the winter. You got tears in your eyes. I, I know that hits at home, and we talk a lot about how racing is family. How did your cousin contribute to your racing? I mean, he did everything he could just to get me on the front stretch, and one night he broke, he told me to go, and I did it. Well, I, I got to give you props. Congratulations. Dominating performance this evening. You passed over half the field. You had the most wins in this division. Congratulations to you. Crowd, put your hands together for... Our winner. Caleb Vassis picks up his sixth win of the year, giving credit to Jeff Vassis, who is memorialized on his hood. Uh, congratulations to Caleb for his sixth win this season. He gets to smile down there in victory lane after a, a few struggles in the last couple of weeks. A much different reaction from Caleb in victory lane. He gets a handshake from his teammate Skylar Berkey. Uh, Caleb getting to celebrate with that checkered flag. Hi, this is NASCAR driver Josh Berry, and you're listening to Rapping on Racing. Fans, recently at the Jennerstown Speedway, a 17-year-old driver picked up the late model feature win, and he's joining us now, Owen Hupp. How are you, Owen? Good, yeah. Good, good. I, I just, it's amazing what you've done, and I guess you don't realize how significant it is. I was looking on your webpage, and I saw you have a dog named Bailey. My daughter has one named Bailey, too. You have a very pretty dog. Now, is he a regular at the track, and does the noise bother him? Uh, yeah, he goes every week, and then noise really doesn't bother him that much. Well, that's a good thing. Hey, you started racing go-karts at three and a half years old, and you stayed in the carts and then jumped from the carts into a late model. That's a pretty big deal. Uh, when did the, when was the decision made that, uh, <clears throat> I think Owen's good enough at this, uh, let's put him in a full-size car. When did that happen? Probably 
about two and a half seasons ago. Two and a half seasons. I noticed your crew chief, I saw some pictures, and actually your crew chief made the comment, there's four people in there, I think your dad was one of them, he said, this is a really tough bunch. So, <laughs> and he wasn't kidding, they look like uh, no nonsense. How did you meet Mickey, and now he's your crew chief? How did that come to be? Uh, well, we went, he's a local welding shop out here, and we just went out there if he wanted a sponsor, then he wanted to come down to the track and help and all that. Now, I see Morocco Welding's on the hood. Very, very nice display there. I got a story for you about John Morocco you may or may not be aware of. But one day we were just talking about stuff. And when he was your age, he went to the Votech school and study welding. And look where he's at now. I mean, and I understand you're studying welding. That's an excellent opportunity because with that type of job skills, you'll never be out of work. Now, do you think in the future with your crew chief and your sponsor that you might end up working at Morocco Welding? There's a high chance of me working up there. Yeah. Well, it's it's a very successful company, and it's run by some pretty nice people. Now, originally, uh, I saw you had a black car, 51, and now it's a beautiful orange and white car. How did that happen? Uh, last year, when we reached the Masters, my dad you had a hard time spotting out the car and all that. And then we decided to take a bright orange and white, where it's different compared to everyone else, where it would stick out. Very, very pretty car. Now, when Dad is spotting for you, um, do you listen to what he tells you, or do you guys go back and forth? Maybe you don't agree with what he's saying. Half and half. Sometimes he <laughs> tells me what lane to run, yeah. and then I tell him the way that I run it is the only way that I can get it to turn in the middle yeah. or get it to get around the track. Well, now, you, you got family involved. Uh, what's the best part of racing? Is it because you can do this with family? Yeah, it gives us something to do on the weekends and all that, and it brings everyone together. Now, uh, obviously, the toughest part is the expense and the time. Are those the two biggest concerns you have with your car? Yeah, because we're racing against people that have a bigger budget and all that. We try staying out of every wreck that we can. Yeah, and uh, to the best of my knowledge, I don't ever recall you having like a... A big wreck where you lost the car. Have you had anything like that? Uh, it was a month or two ago in hot laps. With we ran two hot laps, and coming off the of two, we got in a wreck. It ripped right front off. Oh, I missed that one. So, did it have to go back to? Is it a Port City car? Yeah. Did it have to go back to Port City, or were you able to fix that here locally? We got it lucky and it was just minor stuff where it was like just the upper control arm layer control arm spindle frame damage i usually ask the drivers what was your most memorable moment in racing but i'm guessing it had to be that late model win now if i'm on the wrong page you need to get me uh straightened out here no that's probably the most memorable thing that ever happened yeah and then I, I did ask you, before we went on the air, how you picked your car number. You want to explain that for the listeners? Well, uh, when we bought the car, it was number 51. And then the guy said it was always a lucky number and all that. And we just stuck with it. Seemed like a good idea. 
Well, you mentioned Morocco, but there's some other people helping you with your car. How about some of the other sponsors? I uh, TriStar, my Josh, Flooring Solutions, Nature's Depot, Friends of Coal, ABR Industries, Blinds and Designs, uh, Sitson Vac, Laker Trucking, Griffith Auto Sales, Friends of Cool. That should be it. That's a good group of sponsors. Now, you mentioned Josh Brocker. A little bit about him and what he does and how he's involved with your team. Uh, well, when I was younger, let's say go-karting, he always helped, and he's always been like family. And he used to help my uncle when he raced and all that, and then he just came with us on board and all that. Now, is Josh, does he have a car dealership or something? Uh, he's a salesman at TriStar. Salesman at TriStar. Yeah, and they're pretty involved in, in the racing. Now, when Dad started in the carts at three and a half, that was pretty young. But then when he decides to put you in a late model at 16, I guess he, he sees the big picture. He thinks to the future because, as I said before, for a 16 or 17-year-old driver to do what you're doing at Jennerstown, and I've talked many times, I said, this guy in the 51 is really smooth, but I didn't know that much about you. And now that I, I'm familiar with your age and everything, it's like, whoa. Uh, now, we mentioned that you're going to uh, tech school. Uh, which one are you in? Uh, it's at Somerset Technology Center at Welding. Yeah. That's a nice school. When I was at the university at IUP, uh, we actually trained the teachers that are teaching in the tech schools. And I had 40 schools we were responsible for, and that was one of them. And I always enjoyed going up there to visit. Uh, your, your teacher's probably too young because I've been retired for a long time. But every teacher in there went and took classes at Indiana University of Pennsylvania. Now, your welding teacher, for example, what's his name? Mr. Frampton. Okay. We did not have to teach him anything about welding. But what he would have to take classes at IUP on classroom management and grading and, and things that uh, he wouldn't be familiar with as a tradesman. But ne and, and they, they would have seven years to get their academic credits and then get certified. And the greatest teachers in the world are these uh, ones at the tech schools because they understand. Well, we're coming up on a commercial break. Um, any, uh, oh, wait, no, the pit crew. We, we almost forgot the pit crew. Let's talk about them. Well, we have, uh, Mickey's your crew chief. Now, is Dad part of the pit crew? Yeah. Okay. And I saw someone else in one of your pictures. Who else helps you out? Uh, well, we got Mickey, Josh, Dad, and then there's sometimes Anthony Moss, Nate Miller, Dave, my Dave, my uncle, he usually comes down a couple times. Sounds like a good crew. Well, we're coming up on a commercial break. Is there anything uh, you'd like to add? Anything we've missed? Oh, none of us can think of. Well, Owen Hop, I am proud of you. I congratulate you. I wish you continued success. And I got a feeling there's going to be more victories. So, uh, again, I thank you for being with us. Yep. 
This portion of today's program was brought to you in part by Curtis Power Solutions. Every day when they open the doors at Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, their goal is to provide great customer service by offering affordable automotive and truck repair service performed by highly trained technicians at the highest industry standard. By implementing the latest diagnostic equipment and computerized repair manuals, you can rest assured that your vehicle will be repaired to factory specifications for your specific car or truck. At Zarin Truck and Automotive, they believe in honest repairs and will demonstrate that fully by explaining the repair or service you are receiving and they'll give you an estimate or quote before work is performed. When you choose Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, you are choosing professional automotive repair and maintenance performed by expert automotive technicians. That's Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights. It's that time of year. The 34th Annual Pittsburgher Weekend featuring the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series is upon us. It all kicks off Friday night, September 30th at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway with five divisions of racing co-headlined by night number one of the Bill Hendrick Memorial for the Rush Late Model Touring Series as well as the inaugural Bob Walters Memorial for the Penn Ohio Pro Stocks. We move to Saturday, October 1st, where the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series brings the top late model drivers in the nation to take on our region's best for their shot at $20,000. Joining the Lucas Oil Late Models will be night two of the 10000 to win Bill Hendrick Memorial for the Rush Late Model Touring Series. Who will tame Dirt's monster half mile? Who will write their names into the history books? You'll want to be there to see it for yourself. The Pittsburgher Weekend, Friday, September 30th, and Saturday, October 1st. For tickets and all information, visit ppms.com and follow us on Facebook, Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. At Alternative Power Sources, they have always understood that your generator needs are never one size fits all. They are still the local generator company you have come to know and trust. But with expanded resources and expertise as a subsidiary of Curtis Power Solutions Company, part of the Indel Power Group. As a Curtis Power Solutions Company, they offer quality brands such as MTU, Kohler, Southeastern Power Products, and Yamaha Generators. They bring more experience for working on complex projects such as engineering and design services for data centers and healthcare facilities. At the same time, they continue to service all brands of standby generators. Also, don't forget to ask about their rentals for your next event or power emergency. If you have a project, Alternative Power Sources has a solution. Contact them today at 1-800-894-4455. That's 1-800-894-4455. And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Dave Oliveri. Joining us on Rapping on Racing is is a, a, a familiar face, but one we haven't seen for quite a few years here at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. Brandon Bergnoon, welcome to Rapping on Racing. I, I know it's probably been years since you've probably been on the show and talked to Don, but it's great to see you back. Like anything, 
a lot of drivers sometimes take time off and you took some time off and we'll talk about that but you have an opportunity now to jump in the, the Turnick number five and it's kind of like when you're away I talked to John Garvin who was away for a few years and running some sprint cars and he says from running the late models five years ago to what they are now with the XR1s or Longhorn it's just like not only that I miss the time I, I miss this like the whole setup or what's the reality of these late models now yeah it's it's completely different from when I've ran and plus before I was running supers now and running a crate also with a new car it's it's definitely been a huge learning curve one thing with the supers and again the crates maybe when you kind of took time off Brandon the 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 difference in power is, is immense for basically for the listeners the the motors that are in there are basically GM truck motors and it's kind of like you until you learn to get the setup you got to line them up you know and here at pittsburgh you know if you can't run through the middle which is always the preferred groove but really the preferred groove here for most people with the crates is to run up on the wall now you run a little bit dangerous but you know coming from a late model background you can make a mistake and you can pause for a moment and get back on it and you're not really going to lose that much you do that here you're freight trained in the crates yeah, that's exactly. Uh, I kind of think it as when I uh, used to run go-karts and you had to keep them wound up the same deal. Yeah, and with the supers, yeah, you can make a mistake here and there and you have that power to help you get going again. But yeah, with these, it's like you have to be spot on every time. I just talked to Tim Schaefer earlier this evening, and again, he's been always running go-karts. And it, it seems like anybody that has a go-kart background for quite a few years whether normally you would jump into a sprint car i see a lot of guys now are going into either the modifieds or the late models but it, it seems like you guys that when you start the learning curve be, i don't know it's just because of the hand-eye coordination in a sprint car or not a sprint car but a go-kart seems to help you immensely on the racetrack yeah, I think it does because, like I said, it, it, it teaches you a lot, a lot of things, you know, compared to somebody just jumping into a car their very first time and starting out in something, you know, a bigger car. I was saying, especially most of us who start in carts are pretty young, so I think you you pick up a lot of things quicker and stuff when you're younger, too, and uh, it, it definitely helps you when you move the bigger stuff running carts first. You know, it's funny, we talked about, you know, you're running carts, and so many people now, I, I look at you guys, and you're getting older as I'm getting older. You guys are in your 30s now, but when you started out, you know, you know, you were, you know, not even in its double digits yet with go-karts, and then you're, you're very lucky here as to when you ran the late models, and you had a really good car owner in Todd Sorenzo where you won a track championship with him in the 02 late model, but then you also won one with your own car, and again, we were chatting before the interview, you almost have to think back, it seems like a long time ago when you won that championship. Oh yeah, I'll say I think about think about uh, stuff back then. Even like when I won the Joke George race back in two thousand five, it that seems like so long ago. And, and like when I was talking to Schaefer earlier this evening, you know, he's coming from a sprint car background into this 
you know, great late model. And he says, Dave, the adjustments are like, it's incredible. And from your standpoint, and I did an interview earlier this year with John Garvin, who had taken time off. What you remember in a late model only five years ago, six years ago, to what you have now. So we'll just say, if you did run a rocket back then, which I'm pretty sure that you did, to what now it's a rocket, but an XR1, it's a completely different creature. Yeah, that's a perfect way to describe it. It is, I'll say, these cars are changing constantly, and yeah, the step away from it for a, for a good period of time, it's it's pretty much like an entire new learning curve. Uh, it's, like I said, I'm kind of like all new to it again. Brandon, when you know you stepped away, and then you got a phone call. So somebody said, okay, Ken said, okay, geez, Brandon, we want you to, I know Colton Flinter has been in the car a couple of times, but Colton's schedule doesn't allow him to come down to Pittsburgh every weekend because he's out there with the late model. But when you did that and you're off so long, what, I just have to ask from a driver's standpoint, not an individual person, what would make you then to give up the sacrifice again to do it? And did you want to do it? Because you've accomplished a lot, but is it something like, you know, Shafe says, I'm just doing it because I'm having fun. Yeah, I'll say, I know before when I, uh, you know, quit, uh, you know, it was more just getting, you know, kind of burned out a little bit. But then after you take a couple years off, you know, you miss it because I still watch it all the time. So like, you get that itch back, wanting to get back out there. And but I never figured I'd be in a race car again. So I had to jump at this opportunity. Well, you have a young son now, you know, four years old, and you said he's kind of like not really sure yet, but he likes watching it. But he doesn't like to come to the track with the noise. But we'll have to work on that. But you know, with that being said, since this is your first year back. And I'm sure this is going to continue. And I have to ask Shafe again. Like I'm going to ask you the same question. When you come back, do you do it because you want to have fun? You obviously have the competitive nature in there, and you want to win. But a lot of you guys, as you get a little bit older, in your 30s and 40s, not like me in my 60s, it's you've accomplished it. But like you said, racing when it gets in your blood, it's like a disease. It won't leave you. And it's uh, sometimes like when you watch it, you're like, you know, a lot of the wives say, "Oh no, here we go again. Here we go." No, you can't watch it. And some like I've seen some at some local tracks. They've taken 20 years off and they've gotten back into it. And again, it's just they want to be competitive, but at the same time, like you said, to have fun. And you are an unusual circumstance. I know. Uh, I know your dad's house is you. You could literally walk here. I know you guys bring the quad. It's just across the road up the hill when you're here. Uh, if you wanted to, you could. And I know you keep the cars at the garage. You could probably start it and drive it up. You just wouldn't have a trailer here. Oh yeah, I'll say my I'll say that was another thing I was you know I was gonna have a son bef- before you know I wanted to spend time with him, but uh, you know now he's getting a little older and and I just I just couldn't pass this opportunity up. But yeah, we are very close to the racetrack. I'll say that was another thing. And hearing them run over here every week, you know it definitely you know you get the itch back wanting to run. 
Well, Brandon, it's great to see you back at the racetrack, and I wish you luck the rest of the year. And I know the competitive natures are trying to get that five in victory lane, but other than that, I, I guess the big thing everybody's looking forward to, uh, especially running at Pittsburgh, is the big race is coming up on the 30th and the 1st for the uh, rush you know, late models here at Pittsburgh. And I guess a lot of you guys are trying to try to get this track dialed in. Oh, yeah. I'll say everybody looks forward to Pittsburgh weekend every year. And, yeah, it's pretty much every race you, you're working towards that weekend. Well, Brandon, I, I appreciate you for myself and Don down at North Carolina in this studio there taking time to you know, talk to us. And best of luck tonight and whatever prevails the rest of the season. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. The year is winding down, but the action is intensifying at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. Saturday, September 24th features the Sport Compact Shootout and Championship Night for our action event divisions. That leads us right into our 34th annual Pittsburgher Weekend. Saturday, September 30th includes night one of the Bill Hendren Memorial for the Rush Late Model Touring Series, the Bob Walters Memorial for the Penn Ohio Pro Stocks, plus three additional divisions of racing. Saturday, October 1st, the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series takes on our region's best super late model drivers for the 20,000 to win Pittsburgher. Also, it's night number two for the 10,000 to win Bill Hendren Memorial for the Rush Late Models. Finally, Saturday, October the 8th, the Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Series returns dangerously fast jaw-dropping wingless sprint cars headline our final show of the year joined by our action event divisions for tickets and all information visit ppms.com and follow us on facebook pittsburgh pennsylvania motor speedway every day when they open the doors at zarin truck and automotive in south heights pennsylvania their goal is to provide great customer service by offering affordable automotive and truck repair service performed by highly trained technicians at the highest industry standard by implementing the latest diagnostic equipment and computerized repair manuals you can rest assured that your vehicle will be repaired to factory specifications for your specific car or truck. At Zarin Truck and Automotive, they believe in honest repairs and will demonstrate that fully by explaining the repair or service you are receiving and they'll give you an estimate or quote before work is performed. When you choose Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, you are choosing professional automotive repair and maintenance performed by expert automotive technicians. That's Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights. And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Tyler Harris. This past Saturday night at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, we paid tribute to and honored Kyle Stramaski, Marsha Shemp, and other past employees who have passed away from the past 34 seasons under the Miley Motorsports banner. We also welcome Scout Group 173 of Aetna to the Speedway, where several scouts became honorary flagmen, waving the green flag to begin each of the feature races. All in attendance enjoyed a beautiful Western Pennsylvania late summer night and highly competitive six divisions of racing. Let's dive in. We'll kick things off by highlighting the Rourke Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models as they competed in a 30-lap, $1,500 to win feature event as drivers begin making their final preparations for the upcoming two-night Bill Hendry Memorial coming up Friday, September 30th and Saturday, October the 1st during Pittsburgh weekend. That, of course, is a Rush Touring Series event. The season started off with eight different winners in eight feature events, but directions have changed in the second half of the year. 
Ben Police committed to a part-time schedule for the 2022 season, but still finds plenty of success as he picked up his fifth career feature win of the season. With that win, he ties himself for fourth all-time in division victories with Tommy Schoenhofer Jr. at 22 wins. Ben said after damaging the motor two weeks ago, he turned to a motor that had spider webs and mouse droppings in it, but it appeared that the motor had exceeded his expectations. The win did not come easy, as Brandon Burgoon and Kyle Lucon both looked capable of taking the lead and the win from police, but police said cautions and restarts are ultimately what saved him in the long run. Brandon Burgoon drove the Ken Chernick 5X to the runner-up spot for the second time in two weeks, and Kyle Lucon piloted Cole Patrell's backup car to a third-place finish. Pittsburgh's Mike Reft was fourth in his black number 9R, and Daryl Charlier was behind the wheel of the double OK that Caleb McManus has made familiar. He completed the top five. We also had a debut worth mentioning as Frank McGill hopped behind the wheel of his newly purchased Rush late model. He was scored 12th, but he definitely looked comfortable behind the wheel, especially for his first time. Two heat races were run, with Kai Lucon winning the first and Ben Police winning the second. Moving now to the Fender on the Dirt's Vintage Modifieds as they competed in their final race of the 2022 season. Two separate classes of cars, Sportsman and Modifieds, ran together in a six-lap heat race and a 15-lap feature event. It was a race full of attrition as some cars were unable to finish due to motor issues or other complications, but two drivers were deemed victorious when the checkered flag flew. Wally Stock of Kecksburg drove his yellow 1980s mud bus to the win in the modified division, and Ryan Maglione picked up his first career feature win in the sportsman class. Some very interesting stories encompass this series, including stories from these two drivers. Hear about some of what they had to say in Victory Lane. So Wally Stock, how about that? You and I were just kind of conversing a little bit, and I said, hey, let's just talk about this in Victory Lane. Pretty fun, it looks like you're having. Let's talk about your win here in this car here first before we get to your story career. But looks like you guys are having a blast out there. You and uh, Hildenbrand were having a great battle before he pulled off. Yeah, you look pretty comfortable in this thing for an older chassis. Yeah, this car, we really got it working good. And uh, if Freddie's car has been working real good, too. So me and him are good friends. And I wish I could have kept him up here with me. I don't know what happened to him, but it was fun while it lasted. Well, th- through the 90s, I... Uh, I won like 40-some late model features, uh, three track champions at Wimber, one at Marion Center, and in 2000, I decided to quit, and I walked away. I never even came to watch a race until last June, this past June. I was helping Freddie. Well, he got me hooked. I went and bought a car, so this is the second night out with it now, so it's been 20 years since I've been here, and... Nothing's changed, man. It's still the greatest track, all kind of bite, all kind of room. Uh, it's just great to be back. I don't know why I left. I must have been a little bit crazy because there's nothing better than being right here right now. People that you would like to thank for making this all happen for you, Molly. Well, I got to thank Smokey Baird. He's been with me 30 years ago, and he came back to help me now. Uh, Becky and Dave and the Hildebrand boys. My lovely wife, Sharon, who takes care of the farm when I'm working on a race car. Uh, just the whole family, everybody. It's a good group. Even the vintage modified people who run it, they're great. It's like a family. They'll help you. They even invited me. They're having a cookout somewhere here tonight, so I'm going to eat some chicken here as soon as I'm done. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear one more time for tonight's feature winner in the modified division. It is Walt Doc. Thank you all.
Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear it for tonight's feature winner in the two-barrel carb division. It is Ryan Maglione. So there is some history behind this car, and no better person to talk about it than you, the new owner. So uh, what's the scoop on this 555? This car was owned by Ronnie Tobias. I bought it from his wife, widowed wife, Diane, on Wednesday. I really didn't put much of a setup in this car. This car was restored back to the way it was when he built it. Uh, back in 2016 so this is the first time that's been out and raced um, such a blessing uh, it still has his steering wheel in it his seat uh, I just sat in there and the good Lord got me through the track tonight and uh, I'm, I'm really blessed I thank you all, all you fans for coming out tonight and uh, supporting uh, local racing and vintage racing uh, this is a great group of guys and girls uh, Steve Melissa um, I want to thank my, my wife. Monday is our anniversary. She said I better marry this car, so I, I think I better. He's going to put a ring on this 555. Uh, congratulations, Ryan. A job well done. Did you expect to put it here in Victory Lane uh, on your first uh, maiden voyage with it? I had no idea. I, like I said, I was his first time in a modified and uh, first time in this car ever out on the track. First time ever racing, period? No, I ran uh, pro stocks with a lot of the guys here and uh, a little bit of uh, condo mods, but first time in a modified. What's the transition been like for you? It's actually pretty easy. My buddy said to sit in it and will it. Well, you did that here tonight. One more time for tonight's feature winner in the two-barrel division, the sport division for PA Thunder on the Dirt's Vintage Modifieds. Ryan Maglione gets it done here tonight in the Tobias 555. Third and final finisher was Jeff Manners in a Bicknell chassis with a 1939 Ford Coupe body. Fourth was credited to Steve Longo, who drove a 2000 Bicknell chassis with a 1934 Ford Coupe body. And Fred Hildenbrand rounded out the top five in a 1985 Troyer chassis with a 1985 Mud Bus body. Wally Stock swept the night as he passed Fred Hildenbrand on the last lap of the heat race to pick up the victory. The Penn Ohio Pro Stocks also ran for an increased purse as drivers are tuning up for the inaugural Bob Walters Memorial, which pays $1,042 to win on night number one of the Pittsburgher weekend. The shocking development was not seeing Brian Hutchko in the pits as he and AJ Poljack have battled back and forth all season long for the top spot in points. Hutchko discovered the heavy damage to his engine after finishing third last week on only four cylinders, which inevitably kept him from competing this week. As for the feature event, the aforementioned AJ Poljack looked good to start, but as the feature went on, looked as though the car wasn't handling at its best. Saxonburg's Brett McDonald looked to claim victory in his season debut at the Speedway, threatening to take the lead on multiple occasions. Poljack ran the middle, whereas McDonald found success around the bottom. And at the completion of the 15-lap feature event, it was A.J. Poljack who claimed his fourth win of the season. Poljack admitted in victory lane that the car was a lot to handle this week and that he typically struggles when the track is slick, but he had the juice, so to say, to park it on the front stretch. Brett McDonald would settle for second in his family-owned 25 car with defending points champion Nick Kachuba rounding out the podium. It was a night of debuts for the McGill family as Tony McGill was behind the wheel of the Orange 5M Pro Stock for the first time. Tony would finish fourth and Heath Close welcomed himself back to the Speedway with a top five finish. One heat race was run with Nick Kuchuba and AJ Poljak putting on a race of the year candidate. Kuchuba won at the line by 34 thousandths of a second. Moving now to the Cheplik Packing Hobby Sox who ran two feature events on Saturday night. 
The first feature event was a makeup feature from September 2nd, and that feature happened to be the first race of the racing program. The Catalysis have found some speed as of late, especially Logan Catalysis in the yellow 64K throwback car, who was lights out on Saturday night. Logan entered the night fourth in points, but closed the gap after winning the makeup feature. Second was his father and former track champion, Gary Catellus. Third belonged to double duty driver Frank McGill, with Jonathan Catellus finishing fourth and Garrett Opachin rounding out the top five. Unfortunately for Matt Bernard, who was in contention for a points championship, his motor went up in smoke and expired on lap number 10 of the feature event. Not only that, his chances of being crowned division champion suffered the same fate. Now for the second feature, where the top spot didn't change as Logan Gatellis went 2-for-2 on the night. Logan dominated the field of cars, winning the feature by an 11-second margin. It's been an impressive season for the division rookie, winning three feature events and being crowned champion of the Cheplik Series. He has now positioned himself two points behind points leader Frank McGill, heading into the final night of points next week. It was an all Catellis podium, with Jonathan Catellis finishing second, with their father Gary Catellis close behind in third. Tony McGill keeps his points championship hopes alive with a fourth place finish, and Garrett O'Patchen duplicated his top five finish. One heat race was run with Gary Catellis taking the checkered flag. The Crawford Auto Repair Open Four Cylinders was up to bat next as they were making their final preparations for the Sport Compact Shootout coming up next week, September the 24th. A former young gun track champion got back behind the wheel for the second time this year and found his way back to the checkered flag very quickly. Noah Bubeck took some time to speak on his efforts in Victory Lane. My goodness gracious, welcome back to Victory Lane. It's been a couple of years, but uh, you had no problem finding your way back. Yeah, I just been a couple months or years, however long, and this took me a week or two to find the gas pedal, and I guess it, I just made it work. I would say so. You are a former Always Safe Flagging and Traffic Control Young Gun Champion. You have one feature win in this uh, division. What's it been like getting back behind the wheel? Did a lot of rust to knock off, or did it was it kind of like riding a bicycle? You just kind of jump on and you figure it out. Uh, I mean, the first week I raced, I think it was uh, here, it was a lot more different than what I imagined to, to be remembering be. And then I went to the hillbilly, and I kind of knocked some rust off. And then I guess I came down for uh, here, and I guess I just made it work. You got a hot rod uh, underneath you to, to pilot around here. Bill Tennant, this car has won many, many of features around our tri-state area. So Bill lets you ride this car. He must trust you at least a little bit. Yeah, I mean, when I used to race my old car, he saw how easy I took it on it and how consistent I'd run every week. So I guess when I got back up to the garage, uh, he decided to let me run this. So what made you want to get back behind the wheel of this thing? Uh, I don't know. It was just a lot of different things. Uh, just I've been racing my whole life, and you know, being at it for so long just put me in a spot where it really made me just want to get back into a car. People that you'd like to thank for making this all happen for you. Uh, Bill and April, uh, my mom and dad, my brother, my pap, uh, Travis, and uh, I think that's it. Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear it one more time for tonight's feature winner in the Crawford Auto Repair Open Four Cylinders. Noah Bubeck gets it done here tonight. It was great to see Noah Bubeck back behind the wheel of the car. Perfect time, too, as good money will be up for grabs next week. Travis Corbin challenged his teammate all race long en route to his second-place finish. Kyle Janis was back and picked up a third-place finish with Sport Compact Shootout organizer John Gill in fourth, and Joe Campbell was fifth in his second career appearance ever at Dirt's Monster Half Mile. Noah Bubeck swept the night with a win in the heat race. 
The always safe flagging and traffic control young guns have been absolutely stellar to watch all season long, and last night was of no exception. Elizabeth native Abby Gindelsberger picked up career win number three in her orange and black number 05. She held off challengers Emmy Laboon and Zoe Knight each of the eight laps. Those three would complete the podium in that order with Sadie Snatchko finishing fourth and Gavin Kakalis taking the fifth spot. A debut was made with Cheyenne Hollister jumping behind the wheel of the 44T on Saturday night. Clear improvement was made between the heat race and the feature event, and the future looks bright for Cheyenne. Emmy Laboon picked up the heat race victory. I made mention a moment ago, but the Sport Compact Shootout takes center stage next week, September the 24th at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. It also happens to be championship night where the points battles all come to a close and champions will be made official for our action event divisions. Visit ppms.com for point standings, live timing and scoring, results, remaining schedule and more. Plus, be sure to follow us on Facebook by searching Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway for free ticket giveaways each and every single week. And remember, the Pittsburgher is upon us and rapidly approaching. It all starts Friday, September the 30th, and it continues on Saturday, October the 1st. All details are made available on our website and on our social media platforms. Reporting for Rapid on Racing, I'm Tyler Harris. This portion of tonight's program is brought to you by Zarin Truck and Automotive. The year is winding down, but the action is intensifying at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. Saturday, September 24th features the Sport Compact Shootout and Championship Night for our action event divisions. That leads us right into our 34th annual Pittsburgher Weekend. Saturday, September 30th includes night one of the Bill Hendrick Memorial for the Rush Late Model Touring Series, the Bob Walters Memorial for the Penn Ohio Pro Stocks, plus three additional divisions of racing. Saturday, October 1st, the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series takes on our region's best super late model drivers for the 20,000 to win Pittsburgher. Also, it's night number two for the 10,000 to win Bill Hendrick Memorial for the Rush Late Models. Finally, Saturday, October the 8th, the Buckeye Outlaw Sprint Series returns dangerously fast jaw-dropping wingless sprint cars headline our final show of the year joined by our action event divisions for tickets and all information visit ppms.com and follow us on facebook pittsburgh pennsylvania motor speedway up next are some nice interviews from pittsburgh's pennsylvania motor speedway in ben police aj poljack and abby gindelsberger i hope you enjoy them Ladies and gentlemen, he is climbing out of the car for the fifth time on the year. Out of Rice's Landing, Pennsylvania, driving the producer supply, number 14B, Ben Police. You, uh, you've done this so many times. Does the alcohol not even burn your eyes anymore, or how does it work? It's all worth it. <laughs> it's all worth it. You reek over here. Hey, tell you what, man, fuck. Five- Times this year for a part-time driver to park yourself in victory lane. Originally, this division started out as a division where I think it was eight for eight, nine for nine different winners in nine different features events, and you've pretty much come in in this last half of the season and cleaned house. This thing is on a rail. I know, man. It's you know for running just a part-time season. You know we were riding that wave. I mean we were we were just lights out, and then two weeks ago, I mean we just grenaded a motor. You know what we were having issues with last year and. And I just, you know, you go from hero to zero, you know, that quick with these things. And, uh, you know, it was, we were to the point where we were, we were going to be done for the year because we didn't have a backup. So, uh, you know, got with Eagle. Eagle was out for new ones. They had this one. They sent it to us. It was used. Got like 600 laps. We found, you know, mouse turds in it. 
you know, spider webs all over it. We were, you know, I went out for hot laps. I was really, uh, I was really nervous that this thing was even going to hold together. Well, it looked pretty good out there. You what? You've got a big race coming up in two weeks. Here's that's going to be the second or the Bill Hendren Memorial. Two nights coming up. Four thousand to win on night one. Ten thousand to win. Two. You have to not only face the strong local drivers that we have here every week, but the top drivers in the region are going to be making their way here. And uh, I would say you're one of the top local drivers. What do you think? You got something for these uh, regional guys coming in? Man, I hope so. You know, that's you know every year come Pittsburgher we get bit right right away first night you know i can't tell you how many i think two three years in a, mo- in a row we've blown motors on night one so you know if i if i can just get through two nights of the pittsburgher you know top fives I'd, I'd be happy as can be you know to get up here and and, and get that big check that, that would be that would be it Extra money on the line here tonight, $1,500 for your 30 lap effort. Another thing that comes to mind, too, it didn't come easy. You had drivers coming behind you, including that 5X, Brandon Bragoon. He was fast. And uh, did you know he was coming? Did you know Lucon was there? Did you know Bragoon was coming? You know, it, uh, at the beginning, you know, we had a real good car, and uh, those cautions actually helped me because we would have went 30 laps nonstop. Uh, I think we would have smoked the tires off of it. It was just starting to free up a little bit too much, and we get saved with a caution. You know, Sean was telling me we really didn't have that big of a lead, and uh, them restarts with Luke on, man, I, I thought he was going to get by me, and, and uh, that last one with a couple laps to go, you know, we, we've gotten bit with some green-white checkers, so I'm just, I, I'm so happy that we, we were able to go from, you know, grenading the motor to, you know, putting a little bit of money back towards that, you know, paying off the people I owe for it. People that you would like to thank for making this all happen for you, crew and sponsors. You know, I, Sean Phillips, he's, uh, you know, it's me and him, man. We were, uh, last weekend, we were pulling the engine. I set up the laptop. We were watching World 100 and, uh, you know, pulled the engine out. You know, Mom and Donnie came over, helped out, and, uh, you know, got to thank family, Sean, Mom, Donnie, uh, DH Services, Producer Supply Company, Big Dog Energy, Quality Machine Company, Lee's Plumbing and Excavating, KSW Oil Field Rentals, uh, Corwin Motors, Lone Pine Excavation. You know, without those guys, I wouldn't have had a little bit in my pocket to uh, to get this used motor and, and get back out here this year. So, you know, it, it takes all those guys. Ladies and gentlemen, one more time. He's $1,500 richer, looking to become even more richer in two weeks' time. We're out of Rice's Landing, Pennsylvania. Ben Police, your feature winner here tonight for the Rourke Automotive Rush Dirt Late Models. He's climbing out of the car, ladies and gentlemen. Let's hear for tonight's feature winner in the Penn, Ohio Pro Sox, A.J. Poljack. Gets it done. Let's switch sides here. I'll go on this side this time. All right, A.J., four feature wins on the year. And uh, not only that, you find yourself on the top of the point standings. With Hutchko not being here, you may have just sealed the deal on a track championship. This car looked like it could have been better, but it was still enough to get the job done here tonight. Yeah, it was a handful. It tracks in a little bit slick in spots, and... Uh, like I said, as long as I've raced here, I've always struggled when it got slick. So I just hammered down and just kept making left-hand turns. That's all. <laughs> With this uh, upcoming Bob Walters Memorial, the inaugural Bob Walters Memorial on night number one of the Pittsburgher coming up, certainly a lot of guys will be making their way here to the Speedway over the next couple of weeks. One of them we just saw here with Brett McDonald, who gave you a heck of a run for the lead. Uh, you know, you, uh, Do you welcome that competition? I presume you do. Oh, of course. You know, those are all good guys. All the Penn, Ohio guys, they're all great racers. And, you know, I know Brett, he's a good, clean racer. I, he definitely had me worried for a second. I looked out I looked out the window, and I've seen him quite a few times. And he's one of them guys that he's going to race you hard, but he's going to race you clean. And, and But, uh, yeah, we certainly welcome all them guys here to PMS. More of them area. 
the more the merrier. I tell you what, you've been dominant this year. You've looked really good. You've got yourself atop the point standings, as I just mentioned. Unfortunately, with Hutchka not being here, the fun kind of concludes for you as far as a points battle. Uh, how has that been all year long, looking at that and seeing what that's been producing? I really don't look at points. Honestly, just the last couple of weeks, that's when I started telling you and my crew guys, you know, okay, now it's, it's time to start thinking about that. But uh, as far as the car, really, uh, I honestly got to thank uh, Greg Beach, Anarchy Customs, Greg and Kristen. This is by far the, the best handling dirt car I've ever had. And thanks to them guys and, like, all my friends, all my guys I pit with on the back straightaway, my tire guy, Shane Conley, Big Jim, uh, my mom and dad, uh, Kimberly, Adam Castellanic. I got a ton of guys. Chris Fox helps me out. And uh, this is certainly not a one-man effort. It's a whole crew of guys that help me. Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear it tonight for Penn Ohio feature winner AJ Poljack puts it here in victory lane again. All right, let her hear you. She's coming out. Here's your winner, Abby Kindlesberger. My goodness, three wins. Welcome back to victory lane. This is the coolest division ever, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Now, this was tight. It was really tight. You know, the last the hobby stock race we watched a while ago, the winner was in his own zip code. Not so much you. You had a couple of fast runners on your tail. Honestly, I was scared that they were right behind me. I saw Zoe right next to me in turn in one of the turns, and just thought I was able to keep the lead. Yeah, Zoe and, and Emmy both. You know, they thought they might have had your number, but you had them all the way. I'm very happy about that. I love to be up here again in Victory Lane. Let's talk about who helps you on this car. It doesn't go fast all by itself, does it? No. There's so many people who help me. My family and friends foremost, they are there for me anytime I ever need them. And I'm so, so thankful for them. And then my sponsors as well, Rowan Works, K&M Boring, High Energy Dance Academy, A&F Engineering, Greater Pit Tree Service, of course. And I think that's it. And yours is about to be here. you got one more week, well, two more weeks with after the, the Pittsburgher weekend and one more after that. But the points wrap up next week. Uh, you know, it's been a great season for all of you. And I was telling some of these scouts that are up here tonight or some of their leaders, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not here. It's a year now that I haven't done this job. But I am so proud of you girls for the most part. Gavin's out there by himself now. But you girls have represented this, this division so well. We're just so proud of you. Yes, thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, there's your winner, Abby Gindelsberger. This portion of tonight's program was brought to you by Zarin Truck and Automotive. Located in beautiful Somerset County in western Pennsylvania's picturesque Laurel Highlands, the Jennerstown Speedway Complex hosts exciting Saturday night racing from May to September. Come see daring drivers compete in late models, modifieds, pro stocks, street stocks, chargers, and the fast and furious fours. Special events include the Motor Mountain Masters, NASCAR Whaled Modifieds, ISMA sanctioned Super Modifieds, the Super Cup Stock Car Series, and Enduro races. The Jennerstown Speedway Complex takes great pride in providing fun, affordable family entertainment. The 6 p.m. start time allows the younger fans the opportunity to enjoy the entire show, including at the completion of each weekly event. Everyone in attendance is invited into the pits to meet the drivers and see the cars up close. Spend your Saturday nights in Somerset County at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex. And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Dave Oliveri. We're at Lernerville Speedway with tonight's winner, Aaron Wright. So, Aaron, congratulations on the win. It's nice to come back to Lernerville Speedway. We really haven't seen you since the All-Star days, and um, $10,000 a win always has to be a good feeling. 
yeah, it is. Uh, you know, it was a long drive. Thanks, man. And, uh, you know, we just came here to run this race. Uh, 10,000 to win really made it uh, made us want to come. And, um, yeah, you know, it's tra- track's always been good to me for whatever reason. I think two All-Star wins and third with the Outlaws and now another win. So, uh, this track's always been good to me. And it's always just always a lot of fun. Um, so, it was, uh, yeah, it was definitely made the trip worth it to come here. And, uh you know, just, um, we're like, so we're just still, um, in the experimental stages with this, uh, Toyota engine, but I feel like it, feel like it ran really good tonight. Uh, couldn't be, uh, couldn't be more, uh, proud of our team effort right now. It's just, uh, Swank, uh, Swank and I, it's really just Swank, uh, and, uh, can't thank him enough for all his hard work, uh, getting us up and down the road and Brian and Lisa for, uh, the opportunity they give us. When you make that decision again, obviously, You've had familiarity here at Lernerville, plus a $10,000 payday is a good one, especially this time of year with their specials in there with the All-Stars running and the Word of Outlaws out in California to come to a local, what we say local, race that pays that good. Again, it has to be something that you guys targeted and you were right on. Yeah, we do. I mean, uh, it's nice to uh, not be a part of a series, and we can go to um, big paying races that we want to go to, and you know, we don't have to go where we don't want to go. And uh, you know, one of the you know, there's twenty thousand to win uh, just right up the road. But uh, you know, I really enjoy this racetrack. It's one of my favorites. So this one was ten thousand to win. So we decided to come here, and that's the beauty of uh, not running a series. You know, speaking of not running a series, and we see this across the board now. You know, a lot in, in the late model ranks, but not running the series and being able to pick and choose where you do there's big paying races now out there throughout everywhere and now you know brad and, and cow are going to have that series that's going to come up that's going to be paying i think what twenty thousand minimal per race and that's some for sprint racing that's some serious dollars yeah it is i think the sport in the last uh three years four years has um really amped up a lot of money um it's really good really good for the sport really good for the owners good for the drivers um what kyle and brad are about to do is just going to be that much better um it's a it's a good time to be a part of sprint car racing that's for sure now you led all 35 laps late, but Aaron, it wasn't easy. By lap 11, you guys are into lap traffic. Actually, you got, almost got past at that one point. I kind of kind of the lap traffic, and the 73 days got a little below you. But then at that point, this car with this new motor package or whatever you had and set up it on clean air, you could definitely tell you had an advantage. Yeah, I mean, I think just that's to the clean air advantage. Um, I mean, we were definitely better in clean air. But I think uh, you know everyone would, is just better in clean air. You can you can run your own race, set your own pace. Um, you can see way better. You know tonight was a 30 tear off night, so uh, you know that made it a little rough looking at the cushion as well. Um, so uh, yeah, I know it was. Um, we're finally uh, you know getting making gains on our car, making gains on the engines, and uh, you know I think the year's just ending a little too soon. But yeah, how nice is it from a driver's standpoint? You come to a, a local track and you have 41 cars in the pits this evening. That's just a phenomenal amount of cars this late in the year. Yeah, it is. It that's uh, I like. I think uh, you know just. I think sprint car racing is in a really good place right now, and uh, it's a good time to be a part of it. And uh, I'm glad uh, I'm at the age I'm at because I think it's just going to keep getting a little bit better. And uh, you know, who knows where we're going to be in the next five years. 
with you and your crew chief are just on the road. Where, what are Aaron's plans the last half of the year? Uh, we're just going to hit or miss, you know, look at weather and decide where we're going to go. I think we probably, I think we're planning on maybe four or five more, but that's that's about it for us. The world finals are, as part of that four or five? No, I don't think so. No. But again, this doesn't come easy without help. Who would you like to thank? Well, obviously, we know who your crew is, but uh, the sponsors that help you get up and down the road. Yeah, it's Brian and Lisa Ridge, the Connors, VA Electric, uh, Falcon Brothers Trucking, Triple X Chassis, uh, Toyota, Toyota Racing Engines, TRD, um, Rider Racing Engines, uh, just uh, everyone that's a part of this race team, Triple X Chassis, I don't know if I said them, but yep, just everyone a part of this race team. Well, Aaron, thank you for taking time. I know you got a busy schedule, and again, congratulations on your win, and best of luck the rest of the year. Thank you. We're in the pits after tonight's Rush Modified race with tonight's winner, Aiden Cipriano. Aiden, congratulations on your first win at Lernerville Speedway. You had an epic battle for all 20 laps with Garrett Crummer. You know, Garrett runs here on a regular basis. And Garrett led the first 18 laps, but there were some cautions that came into play. And I think sometimes as a driver, and I'll always ask this in an interview, you know, what goes through your mind on a caution? Because as the leader, you have that choice to pick the outside or the inside. And he was giving you the inside, and you were getting some tremendous runs, you know, coming down the inside, and you, know, you were door-to-door with him. And then that last restart, I think it was on lap 17, Garrett, for some particular reason, decided to go to the bottom. And I think you were, at that point, you were a little bit quicker, and you pounced. I was I was so happy whenever he did that. I think everyone in this class knows that uh, my favorite spot to run is on the top. I've always ran there, no matter where we go. I'm, uh, I'm just glad I was finally able to pass him and uh, get the win tonight. Here at Lernerville, and especially in the in anything with the crate, you don't have that immediate power like you do in a small block or a big block. So to take that advantage on the outside had to be, at your point, it's like, oh my gosh, you just gave me a gift. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I know if, I, uh, if I'm if i able to run the top, I'll be able to carry a lot more speed than he'll be able to coming off the turn, and I think that's what really uh, sold the deal. Well, that was apparent because once you made that pass and then with, you know, two to go, you, know, you pulled away, but for many driver, when you come to Lernerville, especially when you don't run a division here that's on a, a full-time basis, to pick up a win here at Don Martin's Lernerville Speedway, it, whether it's your first win or it's your last win, it's always special. Yeah, we've uh, we've always done really good here. This is probably my favorite track, if not one of my favorite tracks. I'm uh, really happy we can finally get a win, and it's uh, just awesome to be here. You know, with that, and you know, we're doing this interview in the trailer, there's a lot of people that help you out. So this is your opportunity, Aiden, to give those people their due. And we also want to give a shout-out to your sponsors. I uh, I really can't do any of this without my mom and dad, uh, Grandma, Grandpa, Russ King, Dennis Knight, my uh, sponsors, JR's Garage, Wheatland Steel Processing, Waterstone Mortgage, RKR, Black Viper Barbershop, Stainless Steel Engineering, uh, Finn and Barrett Outdoors. They uh, they help so much on this car, and I can't thank them enough. 
There's a lot of young talent that's coming out of that Russ King stable. I mean, you got yourself, Ben Eastler. Again, Aiden, congratulations on your win this evening. What are your plans the rest of the year? We're going to run the Stampede. Hopefully we do good there. We're going to run a... We have a 358 that we're going to try to get a few more races in, and then we're going to close off the year going down to uh, North Carolina to run Charlotte. Well, my plans are similar to we're going to be, we're going to be at the Stampede and some other races here in the next coming weeks, and then we're going to wrap up. I'm going to wrap up my season uh, down in Charlotte. Again, well, congratulations on your win tonight, and we'll keep keep you, keep us updated what goes on the rest of the year. <laughs> Will do. Thank you. This portion of tonight's program is brought to you by Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact find. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724 724- Four four three five seven two zero, or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, neither J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated or J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, nor its representatives provide legal, tax preparation, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W.C.A. J.W.C. RPS Financial Solutions and J.W.C. J.W.C.A. are unaffiliated entities. It's that time of year. The 34th annual Pittsburgher Weekend featuring the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series is upon us. It all kicks off Friday night, September 30th at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway with five divisions of racing co-headlined by night number one of the Bill Hendrick Memorial for the Rush Late Model Touring Series, as well as the inaugural Bob Walters Memorial for the Penn Ohio Pro Stocks. We move to Saturday, October 1st, where the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series brings the top late model drivers in the nation to take on our region's best for their shot at $20,000. Joining the Lucas Oil Late Models will be night two of the 10000 to win Bill Hendrick Memorial for the Rush Late Model Touring Series. Who will tame Dirt's monster half mile? Who will write their names into the history books? You'll want to be there to see it for yourself. The Pittsburgher Weekend, Friday, September 30th, and Saturday, October 1st. For tickets and all information, visit PPMS.com and follow us on Facebook, Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. And now more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Howie Bayless. Anthony, we're going to do victory lane up in front of the car. There's a lot of oil on that side. Matter of fact, for pictures, we're going to even use the other side of the car. Um, great run tonight, man. Starting on the pole, but I'll tell you what, Stephen Hazlett and Joey Catellus definitely made you work for that win tonight. Yeah, it's a bad, sometimes being out front ain't the best place to be. I could hear somebody below me, and 
So I moved down about a lane and a half. I don't know if it hurt me or not, but I started to feel like, I, you know, the middle was starting to slick off and I didn't want to go to the top. So I figured I'd move down a lane, a lane and a half and somebody was going to pass me. It would have to be high. So, uh, uh, another good race. Just happy to uh, seal another win, and uh, it does help when you start out front. But like I said, sometimes you start hearing cars, you don't know what to do. And you know what? Last year, when the guy was in second, Stephen, it took him about two years to finally get that car control. So you knew it didn't matter what you weren't going to get run into you were going to have a good clean race and steven and joey could tell us man they they made you work for this you said you stole it you didn't steal it you earned it yeah no i definitely worked for it there uh car was good tonight um but yeah just uh another fun night at the track um I'll be honest, I, I had a weird feeling this week, so it felt good to get a win, and uh, we'll go into the last night uh, and uh, hopefully come out with number four. So Now's a chance for you, Anthony, to go ahead and thank everybody who works religiously on this car, and they give you such a great number 66. Yeah, I have to thank my dad. Uh, man, we put a lot of days in during the week. Uh, Christina, my stepmom, uh, my fiance Danielle, uh, she's here every week. Damn, she's working night shift. She's going back to school, so I'm a lucky guy there. But uh, uh, Joe Kelly and uh, all my sponsors, uh, A1 Machine, GVD Powder Coating, RepairX, uh, Vinyl Destination, uh, Maniac Race Chassis, Last Tire American Racer, uh, 66 Auto Supply, K2. and K2 Engineering, uh, New Foundation Contractors, Inc., um, just thanks, uh, uh, thanks to RepairX is here tonight. Thanks, guys, for coming out and supporting me, and uh, thanks all the fans. Right chance, give it a round of applause. Eighth one of the season for Anthony Monopart. And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Dave Oliveri. Talking to Cy Lynch, Cy was last night winner at Dog Hollow. Cy, you picked up a $5,000 check. A little three-week or three-day swing here uh, last night at Dog Hollow. Learner built a night on at Knox, and you told me prior to the interview you're just going to run you know, the two, and then you're not going to forego Knox. But you've been kind of, we haven't seen Cy close to home. And, you, know, you were away for, it seems like, eight weeks or so, and you just informed me you were out in the Midwest running. Yeah, we uh, every year for the past two years, we we go to uh, Eldora for the Kings Royal, and then from then on, we uh, focus on Knoxville. And uh, usually, we don't get back home till uh, you know the end of August. And um, you know, by that time, we we hit a couple special shows there, and get ready for the Tusky. And uh, so we just got done with that, and now we're now we're here. So um, you know, really great for Western PA to to do these bigger shows at the end of the year, and uh, you know, to pick up the big payday at Dog Hollow meant a lot. And you know, what Lernerville's doing tonight with the fast series is it's a pretty big deal so i think they're gonna have a good car count and um you know it should be should be good when you go to the big tracks i eldora knoxville in, in port royal it's a momentum track you got to get out there you got to have i don't want to say you have to have a big motor but the setup has to be you know spot on because especially at port royal and then we'll say eldora those guys run that track now you've have experience your dad has experience but it is again with qualifying and things such as that it's so important to qualify well because you have to be in there for that redraw and if you don't you know, the, the amount of cars that you get usually they're taking three or four to the a and that's a, and the competition you're running against is 
out. Yeah, for sure. No, I mean, it's only getting harder and harder every year. And, um, you know, the setup is by far the most critical thing. And these tracks, you know, Eldora and Port Royal, in my opinion, are two tracks that, that change the quickest as far as, um, you know, going from a little bit of tacky to slick or grit or whatever. And, um, you know, like at Port Royal, for example, we qualified third quick overall and automatically had to start fourth in heat. And they're only taking three to the A. So super tough and super tough competition out there. And, you know, really that's been our biggest thing was just, um, you know, we're trying to uh, expand our horizons and, and trying to get to the next step here in racing. And, um, you know, it's just, it's all been great. And, uh, you know, this year we, we started the year well and, and we found a rhythm pretty well. And, um, you know, really haven't been... Uh, haven't been uh, back back locally here for a little while, so you know we've had some good runs with the All Stars. Uh, you know, third place at Sharon and uh, third place at Bedford there with the All Stars, and um, you know it's been been good, especially to get back home here and then you know pick up a win last night and hopefully uh, be in contention tonight. Yeah, you know, it's nice to come home at a track that you're familiar with. You've had some wins here this year. It's a ten thousand dollar win show, and that's big for the locals. This is in the All Stars coming in. It's not the world of Oddlaws, it's the Fast Series, so you'll have some guys that you've run about, I guess they're primarily from the Ohio part of uh you know, Western Ohio and things like that. But so, I just to wrap things up. You know, best of luck tonight. But what, what's going to happen with Silent Racing the rest of the year? Oh man, we have we have a lot of things up in the air right now, and um, you know, we're going to try to end the year the same way that uh, we we had the goals of, of starting it, and that was to hit the bigger shows. And um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna try to end the year here with maybe a couple more Outlaw shows, a couple more All Star shows, and uh, the ultimate goal is to hopefully get to World Finals this year. So. Um, you know, a couple more nights here and go into the off season. And really, this off season super important. And uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully attack 2023 with uh, even more ambition. There's a lot of marketing partners that help Cy Lynch Racing. Let's give those a little shout out. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Masitis Motorsports and ADV Depot have been with me from day one, and um, you know, I just really got to thank them for everything that they do. And uh, you know, we have uh, Diesel Snow Removal, Blair Construction, Cicero's Bar and Grill, and Hollywood Blasting and coding and the Boffman family and uh, you know every everyone it, it takes a it takes a full team to uh, to make this possible and like I said every year it just gets harder and harder so we appreciate all their support they're great partners of ours and um, you know none of it would be possible without them. Well Cy we wish you best of luck tonight and we'll catch up you uh, at some point later this year and hopefully we'll see you down in Charlotte. Sounds good thank you. This portion of tonight's program was brought to you by Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Dave Oliveri. Listeners, we're at SS Chassis, and joining us is the owner of SS Chassis, Chris Schneider. Chris, it's been a long time since we've had you on Rapid on Racing, and just what we're going to do over the next 10 to 20 minutes in different segments, we're going to cover the history of SS Chassis, then we're going to also go over your racing career, because a lot of people think Chris Schneider is still a young man, and he is, but yet a lot of years racing. But Chris, again, from myself and Don, welcome to the show. Just tell the listeners 
you know, what you were doing before you did this and how this dream came about and said, okay, you know, you woke up one morning and said, I want to open a chassis shop. <laughs> I don't know if it was that, but when we first started racing, our cars had stock floorboards in them and looked more like street cars from the 80s. But uh, they've evolved, you know, substantially over the years. And, uh, you know, they turned into, like, chassis cars. So once they turned into chassis cars, there was there was grinds there that we could start actually building something and fabricating something that actually made the building of the car more fun. You know, with that, like you said, back when I when we were involved in the senior series, you know, it was a pretty much a stock chassis. You had a Chevelle, you had a Regal. Uh, they were pretty much cut and dry. And then probably a little bit into the early, I'd say, you know, 2010, this whole division changed as to where now the things that it wasn't a car that you went to the junkyard and bought a chassis and you cut and cut and spliced you ended up it was now a full-bledged race car yeah 2005 is actually when i did start my business but that was also the year 2004 2005 that lernerville speedway some of the other tracks were already doing this but lernerville speedway started allowing us to get rid of the stock floor at least so that opened up a lot easier of a build you could have a just the chassis of the car there you know put all your components on it you need to put on build the roll cage cleanly not have to work around all the junk that's in there and that that led us to make a nice safe race car so you know that, that's when we started really building them and selling them is because you know it was, it was easier to work on them. You can make a nicer build. Uh, so, yeah, in 2005, as early as that, it started. Now we're at, you know, we went the whole way to where they're just front clips. And then we can square tube from there on back. But some people argue that or complain that these things are turning into late models. And that's, they're still far from that. We're still using the same basic suspension that we used in the, in the early, in the late 90s. Uh, they're, they're still based off a of stock uh, metric chassis for the most part. And we still have trailing arm lengths in the rear that are pretty much in the stock area. We're allowed to adjust a little bit of length. But uh, it's still all the same components that came on that car originally. We just, you know, they're nicer pieces. They're good quality parts from good quality manufacturers that are made for and specifically for racing that'll hold up to the abuse that we give them. You know, Chris, going back to that, you know, 2005 where you basically had this, you know, the stock chassis and then you started to build the tubular chassis with these. And, and again, like you said, sometimes it's a lot easier to you're creating your 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 piece, your your design there and to bolt the front end. It's just like with, you know, the years that I ran an EMOD, you know, the only thing that was stock on it were the front horns. Everything from the, the front back was a you know a rocket chassis or some type of chassis like right. that we're not yeah <laughs> and, and now you know we got into where and i'm glad to see the word stock still applies it depends on what racetrack you go to because you don't know what some of things are called now but i mean you know i was out in the shop earlier and you know you still run a conventional shock you're not running gas shocks you run a nine inch rear end which mm -hmm. that seems a little bit archaic but we won't get into that but yeah. that's one thing for now, you, yeah, for now we have uh, yeah yeah right now that would be a nice change but you know once you started to build the tubular chassis and then you could be a little you know yourself 
you know, you could be a little creative. Then plus, you had the advantage of so much like, say, the people at Rocket where not only did you were building them, you were selling them, but then you were you're also driving and you're still driving and you're still successful till this day but a lot of times you know chris schneider may he may finish in the back but he's trying something and it's something that you got to do to keep up with everybody that's out there because there's there's a lot of chassis out there now when you first started there wasn't that many now you know the guys you race with there's a lot of them that have their own chassis uh yeah there's some good competition out there we still you know it's rare that we're in the back, but it happens once or twice. We're out there playing around with some stuff. Uh, I don't know how much further we can go. I mean, we've, like, with the stock-type suspension, we're allowed to do some things to it, but there's only so far we can go. But I guess still the basic concepts of how four tires work on the racetrack is still relevant. Uh, we keep banging at it and working at it. But I don't know how much faster we can actually make these. Now we're actually more so looking at how to make them more cost-effective to build, how to keep the cost of racing down so more guys can do it. That's really been our past focus for the past, I don't know, couple years here, and especially this year. I don't know if there's any great answer. Um, I keep telling maybe sanctioning bodies the change is bad because you have to buy stuff. At least what you got now, maybe you have some spares built up and, and you know what you're doing with what your, your program is. So I'm just saying maybe just don't change anything for, for at least a while here till we can figure out you know where the future of racing is going. I, I think the big change that I saw, and, I, and maybe you can remember what the year was, but there was a driver that ran up at Mercer, Rusty Moore, that he, all the cars were stock appearing. And <laughs> he came out one year and... It had a full-blown late-model look, and that's the way most people relate to the cars today, but that was a different concept, and again, you're taking that stock-appearing body, which, again, the word stock has a different... That may have been a mistake, but we're past that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's just... I, I I'm not a big proponent of the big front ends, and I think the, the, the people, the, you know, the drivers, some of them take a little advantage of it with rooting and stuff like that. And then, and again, from that, Chris, from the time that, and again, from from the driver perspective, and we're going to get into that a little bit later. But with the changing of these, the the late model front ends and the the car getting wider, has how has the aerodynamics changed the way the car that you're building? effects when you drive uh not as much as a super late for whatever reason those things are very aero dependent and if they lose a right front fender or they dent their filler in those cars really go to crap uh i've had that happen in our case i've actually lost a right front fender at pittsburgh once and it really had i couldn't really tell a difference um I'm sure Arrow is playing an effect there some. I mean, we don't have Monty SS noses on them anymore either, a big flat brick in the front. So I'm sure that would slow us down some, but uh, we're not as dependent as a super late. I can say that. Um, I do want to say that our front ends, uh, there's, there's, there's some debate on whether this was the right move or the wrong move, but I'll ask the question, what's a modern car? I mean, what's going driving down the street? They're all sloped in the front. So what? What's a modern car anymore? You know, so to be up with the times, what what would be a modern front end for a for for a pro stock now? Uh, if you'd have to do something, maybe you'd have to make them all Camaros or Mustangs, I guess, because they're at least cool looking. But 
outside of that, you know, modern cars are a sloped front end. <laughs> I, I think over that time for also one of the biggest changes that took place, and it, it kind of happened at Challenger first, is, you know, when we were running in, in that division, we were on 8-inch tires. And now you guys are on the wide 10 inches. That started up at Challenger. And it's, believe me, the handling of an 8-inch tire to what it is with a 10 or an 8-inch rim versus a 10-inch rim is a big difference. Uh, yeah, there's there's a big difference there. The 10-inch tires definitely hook up more. Uh, the 8-inch tires, you're actually there's two ways you can look at that the 8 inch tire got you got to be spot on like with an e-mod or uh, any other car that utilizes a small tire like that uh your caster camber your front end geometry how your car works is more critical with that actually our cars it's sort of a band-aid that we have this oversized tire on a narrower wheel that there's room for chassis error um maybe that actually has a, a play in you know how the competitiveness is in our division um the 10 inch tires you can buy used is always uh, a pro with that. I haven't bought a new tire in the past two years, I can say that, and I'm pretty successful with them that way. And I think that helps a lot of the other teams that can't afford new tires because certainly the used tire, 10 inch tire on a heavier car is working uh, more off the surface area. So you can run them a little bit longer. Um, the 8-inch tires, I would say they might be a little quicker if they're newer. Um, never really studied or did a back-to-back comparison that way, but I know super lates with their big tires require a sharp edge for the car, you know, for the tire to make a print into the track, where our cars seem to burn the surface more. So we're getting away with running used tires more so. So I think that's actually a pro in our favor. This portion of tonight's program is brought to you by Jennerstown Speedway. Number One Cochrane has created a new way, a faster way, an easier way to buy a car. Now you can complete as much of the process as you'd like online and spend less time in store. Or do it all online and get home delivery. Expressway is way easy to use. Just shop our nearly 20 new car brands and thousands of pre-owned vehicles to find the model that's perfect for you. We're big on transparency, so you get our best possible price up front. We call it our clear-cut price, and it's independently validated by Kelly Blue Book right on your screen. Our experts are standing by to help you throughout the entire buying process. You can also stop at any time, save where you are, and come to the showroom to pick up where you left off. Don't love your new vehicle? Don't worry, we'll take it back, no questions asked. Best of all, Expressway is open 24-7. That means you can buy your way with Expressway right away. Number one, Cochrane. See it all at Cochrane.com. Every day when they open the doors at Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, their goal is to provide great customer service by offering affordable automotive and truck repair service performed by highly trained technicians at the highest industry standard. 
By implementing the latest diagnostic equipment and computerized repair manuals, you can rest assured that your vehicle will be repaired to factory specifications for your specific car or truck. At Zarin Truck and Automotive, they believe in honest repairs and will demonstrate that fully by explaining the repair or service you are receiving and they'll give you an estimate or quote before work is performed. When you choose Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights, Pennsylvania, you are choosing professional automotive repair and maintenance performed by expert automotive technicians. That's Zarin Truck and Automotive in South Heights. Located in beautiful Somerset County in western Pennsylvania's picturesque Laurel Highlands, the Jennerstown Speedway Complex hosts exciting Saturday night racing from May to September. Come see daring drivers competed late models, modifieds, pro stock, street stocks, chargers, and the fast and furious fours. Special events include the Motor Mountain Masters, NASCAR Whaled Modifieds, ISMA sanctioned Super Modifieds, the Super Cup Stock Car Series, and Enduro races. The Jennerstown Speedway Complex takes great pride in providing fun, affordable family entertainment. The 6 p.m. start time allows the younger fans the opportunity to enjoy the entire show, including at the completion of each weekly event. Everyone in attendance is invited into the pits to meet the drivers and see the cars up close. Spend your Saturday nights in Somerset County at the Jennerstown Speedway Complex. You know, Chris, that being said, with like all these changes, how do you, uh, like I said, we talk about the chassis and and over the years and you started off with one chassis and, and the SS chassis has been very successful and I know Rocket has a little thing that they engrave how many chassis they are I don't know if Chris Schneider does the same yeah. thing but uh, it just I'm just curious I was curious to we're going to ask you know how the name SS became I asked uh, when I was down at the Rocket shop I asked Steve Baker how Rocket became and he says one day they were they were built in a new car and Davy Johnson was driving and he said oh man this car drives like a rocket and that's how the rocket name came and you know so let's just you know tell the listeners again there would be two questions one how the name SS became I think I know one of the S's but uh, you know and then how many chassis has come out of the SS uh, facility here well I'll, I'll start with my name because that's what's first in, in, in the back of my mind here. But I guess I'm not very original or not the most creative with names. I mean, they were all used up, all the cool names like Bullet or Rocket or even I think Rebel was at, at that point. So I, I chose just SS because Street Stock. <laughs> Real basic and simple. I needed a name. I was starting a business, so I went Street Stock Chassis. Just abbreviated it. SS. A lot of people think it's like Schneider and Schneider, or I've even heard Schneider and Shook. No, it's just Street Stock Chassis. <laughs> if it was Schneider and Schneider, it sounded like a law firm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I didn't want that. I uh, definitely didn't want that. Um, the other part of your question is how many? And uh, I'm on chassis number 58 now. So that's a couple every year you know for the most part i'm a one or two guy shop so if we do two or three in a off season that's a lot you know actually one is easy (laughs) to do one new car a year and then just keep up on all the other rebuilds or upgrades but we've done seven chassis in a year that was really humping and uh that's too many for the small staff that we have here but we'd like to keep doing two or three a year and 
you know, try to stay small and not have too much overhead, and I think we can still survive that way. Uh, I think a lot of people understand it. Back in the day, when you built a chassis, you just built the chassis, and the driver, or the driver, or the owner came and picked it up and hauled it out, and they put everything on it. Now, we, I don't want to say some of the younger people aren't as, uh, I'll say, gifted mechanically, and they want you to do it. So, you know, building the chassis, powder coating it is one thing, but then all of a sudden, putting all the bolt-ons, that's what takes the time. Well, there's time in all of it. Uh, the chassis part, there's still, we had figured about 120 man-hours in making just the chassis uh, before it's ready to go to the powder coater and get, you know, powder coated. Then you can bring it back and assemble it. And then there's another 100 or so hours in assembling the car. Um, these things are probably... I hate to say it, probably more complicated than a late model or more man hours intensive, I should say, in building than uh, like maybe a late model chassis. Chris, with the man hours that it takes to build these cars nowadays, and you know, you also drive a late model as well. And we were before the interview, we were you know chatting that you know, late model chassis now because of the flex in it, you get if you get two years out of it, it's pretty remarkable and then at that point you really can't you can't put it back together one thing nice with the pro stocks is back when i had a pro stock in the senior series it was a metric chassis you really couldn't do much it was a frame you know now with the tubular chassis it affords the drivers now to be able to do updates and like you said earlier in the interview that's a big part of what you do now. So the, these 58 cars that are out there, they come back in the winter, and then through technology, maybe some things that you see, have read about, or want to try, or you've tested throughout the season, now it can afford the your, your clients a chance to say, okay, I have a... A 2015 SS chassis, and now with these updates, it's going to be basically to where everything is in 2022. And like you said, and I, I this is interesting, and I think the, the, the listeners need to hear this. Some of these cars that you have that you've built way back when, going back to 2005, are still out there. Yes, certainly. Uh, Actually, most of them are still out there. It'd probably be easier to count the ones that are not out there, but... uh that's one thing with the pro stock class compares to the super late class or maybe even some other tubular chassis classes a lot of them are built to flex or maybe even if they're not built to flex they do flex hot uh pro stock cars have a stock type have a stock front clip anyways which is kind of thick in spots and then we add more pipe on top of that and then make it like a chassis car now they're holding up and they have a long lifetime as you know pretty much till you smash them um i could say that my chassis number three that i still personally own you know one to 10k race last year that's almost a 20 year old car right now it was built in 2003 and she's not flexed out i don't think it will will ever flex out it might actually rust out before it flexes out (laughs) so the pro stock class your car is a you know could have a very long lifespan so that's a that's a positive that's a bonus that i would like to throw out there that a lot of people overlook when they want to debate that you know uh your cars cost close to like what a late model cost i'm and i'm like i'm thinking in the back of my mind well really sorry really any car out there with four wheels on it still has that has suspension components is going to be there's a cost to that you know 
components just cost a lot for any class but our class you can get a lot more use out of your car i believe well the tough thing and even in general chris which you bought a car for uh, your own personal car back in 2010 to what it is now things go up prices are up you know, ten, twenty thousand dollars just on our own personal cars, and you know, exactly, yeah. you know, with race cars, you know, these we're trying to keep the racetracks alive, and you know, it, it's tough. And you know, we had that two-year hiatus with, you know, COVID that just, you know, small businesses such as yourself, it, it just, it, it, it made it very difficult. But just to, to wrap in, in some final thoughts on, in, in this. All the years that you've been building this now, so that's you know it's many many years. What would you, if from Chris Schneider, not the driver but the chassis builder, what would be the one thing that you said either? And I'll make again. I'll do a two part question on this, Chris. One thing that you really like that one thing that's really changed that's been good for the sport, and one thing that's been bad for the sport. Oh, that's a hard question. There, there's a lot of ways you could go with that. Um, change happened kind of gradually since I've started, which was in the year 1999-ish. Like I said, we had cars that had stock floorboards in them. Um, they still had big tires though when I started, which, you know, like I said before, I like because you could buy used. But uh, the change slowly happened. So, you know, one year it was it was headers, and then one year you allowed a different carburetor, and then and then you're allowed an aftermarket rear trailing arm because they were getting hard to get factory ones because they were, you know, GM actually discontinued them at one point, and then aftermarket companies started making them. So everything that we've it's been a gradual change. So I really can't pinpoint one thing out that I would say was good or bad. I would say what's bad now is change. I think we need to be stay where we're at. Maybe, like I said before, look at ways we can improve on maybe manufacturing parts. Uh, the next year or two here, I think we need to hang on till the world stabilizes again and inflation possibly stops skyrocketing like it did in the past year or two here. Um, really, let's just look at trying to survive maybe help your local track out help the local racer out any way possible just so we can keep doing what we love to do i think one thing from my perspective and we'll wrap the interview up with this is the safety innovations that were there from 2005 to which you have now and again as a builder you've had to implement these in into the strength in the car yeah. the way that things are positioned inside the car because you as a driver and your customers as well the most important thing and maybe besides wins is their safety and you have to make sure when an SS chassis goes out that Chris Schneider has a stamps a little sign of approval that yes it's safe and I would drive that car myself sure that's always you know I don't want to say people overlook that but uh, that's definitely something we need to focus on and we've been focusing on and I think we're pretty safe now but you learn as you go uh, you know 20 some years ago 
things were probably less safe than they are now. There's been a lot of innovations, not just chassis innovations, but, you know, with restraints, head and neck restraints, uh, seat, the way the, the construction of these containment seats are now. Uh, we're definitely way safer than we are. Um, myself, I look at any time I see a car that's crashed, whether I built it or not, I'm trying to look at where they failed. Uh, what can we do to improve it? So what I think what we got now is pretty strong. Uh, and we even go back and update some of the older cars that are still floating around out there with some gusset supports or whatever it takes to try to make them more safe. So, you know, it's always a learning curve and uh, you, you hate to you hate to see anybody get hurt. So that's definitely the what should be that's first in our mind is how to keep people safe. And, uh, you know, I feel safer in a, in a dirt track race car than I do going on the highway. <laughs> yeah, that, that's kind of that's a, that's the irony. You know, it, it's always a joke that you see you race car drivers. You'll put the five five you know five restraint system on. Be it I see guys go to the racetrack and got no seatbelts on their truck. But that, <laughs> that that that's maybe a little bit of stupidity. But but Chris, it's been great chatting with you and, and learning the history of SS chassis and you know just sitting here for about the last twenty minutes and you know picking your brain because a lot of people know Chris Schneider but they don't know SS Chassis so again for myself and Don we'd like to thank you for taking the time this evening to, to enlighten our listeners a little bit about uh, your business here okay thanks for having me aboard uh, let's keep on racing this portion of tonight's program was brought to you by Jennerstown Speedway I want to tell you a little bit about area auto racing news Nice uh, newspaper. It covers a lot of good stuff. Some of the writers, Dave Moody, Ernie Saxton, Walt Weimer, Chuck Bollinger, Dave Dragovich, just to name a few. As a matter of fact, Bollinger, Dragovich, and uh, Weimer have been part of Rapping on Racing for many, many years. You can get 50 issues for $56. But what I like best is a digital subscription, which is $45. Really neat uh, paper. If you need more information, you can give them a call at 609-888-3618. That number again for Area Auto Racing News, 609-888-3618. You won't be disappointed. No one covers motorsports like Rapid on Racing. For nearly 40 years, Rapid on Racing has provided the best in motorsports information with knowledgeable and veteran reporters who cover all forms of racing. Weekly reports include local dirt and asphalt racing from Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, plus the All-Star, Lucas Oil Late Models, NASCAR, Rush, and the World of Outlaws. Listeners get the latest breaking motorsports news. The show features special guests, local track reports, driver interviews. The host of Rapid on Racing is Don Gamble. A former driver and track promoter, Don brings a wealth of racing knowledge to the program every week. Rapid on Racing. Proudly presented Rapping on Racing, the Tri-State's number one motorsports talk show. Today's program was brought to you in part by our marketing partners. Recognized by the Eastern Motorsports Press Association as one of the top racing shows in the Eastern United States. Have a great week, and be sure to tune in next Monday for another installment of Rapping on Racing. Stand on it. Come on, y'all, stand.
now. 